And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. All right, everyone, for edition number 82 of the Weighing In Podcast with the real punk Josh Thompson and yours truly, John McCarthy. We got Podcast Dave on the controls doing all of the magic. We just witnessed UFC Vegas 11, meaning we've had 11 straight shows or something like that from Vegas. And we had some really big-time fights. Sometimes we have some shows that we look at and we think they're not going to be great. They turn out great. Big-time shows. It was all right. I, I enjoyed a lot of them. I don't think the punk thought that they were the same. But you can catch us on YouTube. You can catch us on Amazon Podcast now. I think that means that Jeff Bezos owns a part of Josh Thompson. I'm not too happy about that. But okay. Google Podcasts, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all those other podcasting platforms. We also have T-shirts for the Weighing In crew. You can go to ProWrestlingTees.com, hit on the weighing in button. A beautiful picture is going to pop up. It's got the gorgeous guy. That's me. And then it's got Josh Thompson also. And then you hit that. Go to our shirts. You can pick out one of the shirts there. And if you want 20% off, use the code GOAT, G-O-A-T. That will get you 20% off of that shirt. So let's get right into it, Mr. Thompson. What did you think of UFC 11 from Vegas? Uh, I mean, look, for a show that wasn't pay-per-view, I'll watch it all day. I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch it all pay day. for it. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I don't pay for it's the, the pay-per-views anyways, but it's <laughs> but it was it was still good. Um, you know, there was some stuff. Like let's let's talk about the, the let's talk about one of the prelim fights because I want to bring you in right into this with the with some with some don't refing put me on the calls. spot already. I'm I don't want to get out of that. Let's just get it over with now. Let's just All get right. it over. Let's, let's, let's talk. Drive the dagger home. Um, Take <laughs> the dagger. That So what, what's her name? Uh, Jessica, Jessica Rose Clark. Clark. Jessica Rose Clark. She had a nice, beautiful knee that was legal. Landed right before yep. the girl's butt. Uh, what's the girl's the girl, the girl's name? Alfron or? No. No, what's it? It's uh, Sarah Alpar. Sarah Alpar. Alpar. So, anyways, uh, it w- it was good. I thought I thought the fights were good. I thought her performance was good. She was dominating the fight already. I I would have liked the ref to have just stopped it after the knee to the head. Um, it just what well, I understand from a fighter's point of view, but you and I talk all the time. Like as a ref, you have to understand that the fighter's not mounting any offense, and the fight was pretty much over. Um, there was nothing. She wasn't getting anything done, and. There was never there was never a moment where she was in control of the fight. And I just I was like, okay. So Alpar needed to do more. And she was taking some shots even before that. Oh, she took some big shots. And then after the, the restart, it was even worse. And so I, I, I thought I felt like the fight could have been stopped several times, even after especially after the restart. But yeah. it could have been stopped earlier as well. But um, more unfortunate, she's getting married in three weeks and all that bruising uh, not gonna be gone. But Jessica Rose that Clark, nose was broken. Yeah, Jessica Rose Clark looked good. She looked really good, man. Yeah. And she's a good fighter. She's tough. You know, she, I thought, um, let's talk about the situation. Referee yeah. Chris Tugnoni ends up calling what he believes is the foul. And, you know, I, I had talked to Chris off of his last uh, problem that he had with the Ed Herman, Mike Rodriguez fight and went oh, over same, everything. Same ref, same ref. Same, same referee. 
the yeah, fuck? Things, things are not going good right now for Chris because he's going to be Dana's punching. Uh, he may never come back. He'll be a heavy bag for Dana for a while. Mm. Well, look, you know, that one is you know, mistakes can be made, but it's you're trying to do the right thing, but he should know. And, and every referee's got to look at, you know, we've always talked about, and we used to talk about takedowns and throwing of knees during takedowns. And so the throwing of a knee during a takedown, you look and you say, look, if you go to take someone down and they're launching a knee and your takedown, your knee hits the ground before that knee hits you to the body, the face, wherever the head, it is a legal knee. And it's the same situation that you had here. You as the referee, sometimes you know, to, to ask someone to be able to see that exact moment, you're not going to see it. So we don't put you in that situation where you have to see it. What you have to see is I see someone dropping their, their body down, you know, sliding down towards going towards the ground. But I see that fighter being Jessica Rose Clark launching that knee. It does not matter if the butt hits the ground before the knee hits her. As long as the knee was launched as she was going down, it's a legal knee no matter what. And in that position, you should know that against the fence, it's very difficult to get your butt to hit the ground when your feet are all the way up there because it gets wedged in there with the fence. And usually the butt doesn't hit. It's, you know, the feet have to come out. So it was a mistake. He was standing there. They're trying to say that he used the instant replay. He didn't use the instant replay. They have the replay going up on the screens and he sees that he made a mistake and says, Ah, it was legal, and he does the best thing that he can do in saying, I got to restart this. And he asks her, do you want to continue? And he brings her back because he took Jessica out of a fight-ending sequence. He took her out of something that could have ended the fight right at that point. So we've taken and we've given an advantage, actually, to Alper to give her time to recover, and we've taken away an advantage from Jessica Rose Clark it's unfortunate. So he does the right thing. He brings them back to the same position and he restarts them at that point. And then at that point, it's like he's letting it go because he had stopped it earlier. And, you know, yeah, there could have been moments that he could have stopped it, but it was the right thing to do as far as getting the fight going as fast as he could. It was the right thing to put them back in the same situation. It was just unfortunately he made the call thinking that there was a foul when it was a legal blow. Did that make sense? Yeah, we're all human, and it happens, you know. Yep. And uh, it just sucks for him because he's he's on the the end of, like you said, Dan's whooping boy. Oh, he, he will be. He will be Dan's whooping it's boy. Gonna be um, it's gonna be ugly. Gonna be ugly. But overall, I mean, it's people don't understand how hard it is to be a ref. You know, I mean, it looks easy. It's a thankless it's job. It's a thankless. Oh, job. Oh, it's horrible. That's why I never thanked any of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to thank us for, man. No. It was, I mean, it was unfortunate. Uh, I understand why he did it. But for me, honestly, like starting him back in the position, which you said it was a proper thing to do, which it is. But I also feel like, man, as a ref, you should have been. I, I don't, I, you can't wave it off at that moment. But in my mind, I'm like, you should be stopping this fight. This She can't yep. go on. She yep. can't go on. But I would have made it very clear. If you choose to continue, I will be watching very, very closely to make sure if you're, if you're taking un, unanswered blows, I'll stop the fight. But everything you're doing is taking more time. Yeah. And right now, what's on his mind? I got to get this thing going because I made the mistake. 
So he's trying to get them back together and it's just, you know, it's unfortunate, but they're human. And yeah. he did the best he could in, in putting something back from making the mistake. It's just that, and it's, it happens all the time. You'll see a referee make a mistake of stopping a fight early for something. And then the next fight that they're in, they tend to let it go longer because they don't want to be in that position where they're starting to stop yeah. things early. It's, it's just this, you know, it's that, that ball gets rolling and it's tough to stop it sometimes. And yeah. I feel, I felt bad for Chris that he made, you know, the mistake with it, but you know, he did the, the right thing in everything he did from the point where he realized, no, that was legal. He actually did it right. He did the right thing in putting them back in the same spot. He let them go. You know, could he have stopped it earlier? Sure. You know, but that's, yeah. that's in any fight. I look so. at it though, too. At least the right person still won. Like that's the, other, the whole thing in the other fight the wrong person yeah, won, the wrong guy won given the sequences of uh sequence of events of what happened so yeah. i would have uh at least the right person won this time which uh probably so re- true it kind of eases the burden on him i think oh, a little bit hugely but he's he's gonna take abuse because you know and i hate to say this but it just seems like it's the truth when when dana really starts to come unglued about fighters it's usually a female fighter getting crushed. Oh yeah, yes. You know, you know. If you go back and you remember, it was Shevchenko. I can't remember the other girl's name in Brazil with Mario Yamazaki getting crushed. Jessica in this fight with Sarah, she was crushing her at that point. And so when you let the fight go on and you've got the crush going on, Dana doesn't doesn't take kindly to seeing. Yeah his female fighters taking excessive abuse as he he looks at it so yeah it's a rough one interesting okay so let's see what the, who else on the card did right there uh, uh, what other fights stood out to you on the card i was interested in seeing watching the darren stewart dude, and kevin hall damon fight. jackson you okay dude i love damon jackson I, I've, I've seen him fight forever he's he's that guy that he's just the grinder guy and mursad you know Bessic. Bectic, I'm sorry, it's Bectic. Uh-huh. He's a stud. He's an athlete. And you know, Damon's name is the leech. Yes. Because if when he gets a hold of you, he's got that Velcro effect. He just stays on you. And look, he was losing that fight for the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. And he ends up, you know, but you can see he is still in condition. He's going. And he took that fight on three days' notice. Wow. You know, and then he's he gets to the point where he sinks in that guillotine and he gets the top sign on it. You go, oh, Bectic's in trouble. And he gets the tap and you look and you go, man, you know, it's nice when a guy comes in last minute and performs that way. Takes some, you know, takes some abuse getting there, but just hangs tough the whole time. And uh, coming off of, you know, fighting in the LFA because he had he had fought in the UFC before and then was released. Went to LFA and has been fighting pretty well. You know, getting some wins, but it was a nice win that he got against Beckett. So, yeah, good job. I was surprised, I, you know, because and he brought it up actually in the post-fight interview about how his muscles had fatigued, his heart, like his conditioning was good, his air and wind was good. He's like, yeah. oh, my my grappling strength, my his grappling grip grips strength, were all yeah. gone. He's like, I got I obviously attacked a couple uh, guillotines. He's like, and I just didn't have it in there, and so I was fighting through it, just trying to hold on to these grips to get these finishes. And there was one right before, I think at the end of the second round, he had had a tight guillotine. He just wasn't able to get it finished. He tried to stand up. He got put back on bottom. But then in the third round, uh, he was able to finally get the finish. I thought he looked, 
I don't. I, would say, I didn't think he looked good. What I thought was though is that he made sure he never took any damage. He looked I, persistent. Yes, that's what I loved about him. Like he's not. He's not one of the. Here's the. I guess I'm going to play like the total negative Nancy kind of situation here. He's not a guy that I look at and go like, okay, you're going to be a star. But he's no. a guy that's fun. Like yes. I, I like watching guys that like they come in shape. He's always threatening submissions. He's always threatening this position. He's he's no world beater on the feet, obviously, but no. he but he's dangerous. He's da like he knows that like if you take me down, almost like the Mackenzie Dern thing tonight. Like I can do whatever I want because if you take me down, I I know that I've got the ability this to finish my world. you at any at any moment. And so when he kept getting taken down, I was like, man, that's not going well for him. But he kept had gas. He just kept going and kept going. I'm like, wow. He he looked. I thought, like I said, he didn't look impressive. But he did what he needed to do to win, and I actually tip my hat to him. I'm like, I'm excited to see what's next for him because he's dangerous. He, he, like he said when he jumped up, I got the best guillotine in the business. I don't know about that, but it's up there. I got, I think it's up there. That's he's good. had a couple top opportunities. I think, especially if he has time on outside of three days' notice to get something yeah. done, to get something done. I, I, I think he can do it. I mean, he's. I was. I, I looked at him when I saw him like shadow boxing in the pre, the pre interviews and stuff. Yeah, I was like, man, that's who? not pretty. I was like, who's this Twiggy guy? Like, this guy's not going to stand a chance. And then I started I started watching his first round. I was like, oh, wow, you're good. You're good. You've, you've got some good techniques. He was flowing really well on the bottom. He was threatening the Kimura quite a bit. He kept threatening the guillotine from the standing position. He looked really good. I mean, like, I just said I wouldn't say he looked really good, but I felt like there was moments there where he, he, made, he made his opponent always think and keep his fight IQ on task. Because if he didn't, which cost him in the third, in the third round, it cost him the fight. Yeah, well, he always kept, he, he always presented a danger. Yeah. And that was the whole, you know, and that, if you can present that danger and make someone hesitant in, oh, I can't overextend because his fight IQ is telling him, ah, this is a problem. I need to deal with the problem. I thought that's what he did, you know, mostly throughout the fight. And whether the storms, when Bechtick mm -hmm. would, you know, actually get good positions, start to land some shots, got himself back. And just hung in there to the point where he wore him out physically. Yeah. Physically, Bechtick got tired. And when you get tired, you make mistakes, you wait. And, and this is where, you know, you're, you're taking that extra second. And when you're not moving and your opponent is, things happen fast. Yeah. And Bechtick was in that position where he, he stopped moving for that second. And his opponent is moving. He's doing something. He's not doing something to defend and stop it. And then all of a sudden it becomes that overwhelming wave that you just can't get out of yeah so i we thought just, it was a good fight i thought it was a good fight as well i mean like obviously the fact that he came out on top in the third round was very impressive given that he had lost the first two rounds and he never doubted himself he's like i just keep doing it keep doing what i'm doing keep chasing the submissions and he was able to get there and i think also too for the lighter guys this fight was at 145 correct no 155 okay okay because i, I saw think. okay because uh what's his name the his opponent fights Bectic. at 145 Bectic fights yeah, at 145 I think it was at 155. I could be okay. wrong. But it, Anyways, I, I thought it was 155. But regard, like when the smaller guys, 55 and below, normally they've got the go to keep going, to keep fighting out of submissions in the, you know, in the third and the fourth, you know, in the fifth round, if it was to go that far. Um, but he just kept being persistent. He was good at what he was doing. And I loved it. That's like, that to me is a good fight IQ in terms of like, Hey, look, I just got to keep chasing what I'm doing. Cause I'm having success, but it's not getting me the win just yet. If I keep doing it, keep doing it, I'll eventually hopefully get there, hopefully before the, the three rounds is up. And he was able to have success with that, and that's impressive. But if you go back to the the card, Dave, 
the the person that showed the least amount, and I'm gonna skip a couple of fights and we'll come back to them. But the person that showed the least amount of fight IQ today was Johnny Walker and his opponent. <laughs> Ryan Spann and Johnny Walker. I don't I know. Think, I think Random Marco showed the least amount of fight IQ. I gotta tell you. Uh, what I'm the hell thinking, are you thinking? I'm just thinking to myself, what is going on, man? I'm watching you, John. I'm watching Johnny Walker fight. And he's getting clipped left and right. And then the guy yep. that's clipping him so open. tries to take him down. And then he's getting elbowed on the side of the head and just stays there until he's basically knocked out. Yep. Look, I, I like if you're getting hit move like okay if i'm getting hit more than once like if you get hit once okay you got caught but you got you took like five or six unanswered elbows with your head down there like move Hold on, your that, head. Was, that was in two separate occasions that were about 20 seconds apart he did the same thing twice i'm just it was like what are you thinking yeah you're just not going to get very far and the same thing and and i want to go back to johnny walker I, too open. Is, is his, too crazy. Too open. Too crazy. Too all over. Like it looks like Jello legs after the first couple exchanges. Now I couldn't tell because if that was because he got rocked or if it's just because like that's kind of what happens is he starts going really hard. Because I've seen well, he that, got rocked. Yeah, he got rocked. But I'm saying you, you. I couldn't tell what was the difference because I've seen guys go really hard to the point where they stand up and they just don't have control of their limbs. You know, they're just tired. Their legs are all wobbly. They like Bambi on ice. You know, and he had a little bit of that look. He got clipped a couple of times, but he just, he's, I think after being knocked, he got, who he knocked out? Uh, Corey, Corey Anderson knocked Corey him out. Corey Anderson knocked him out big time. I just wonder if he's going to be the same because he was on that, you know, this, right? He was doing that upward. Sorry, guys. He was doing that upward um, towards the title and then he got clipped and knocked out by Corey Anderson, you know, so then. I start. I start questioning: Is the chin what it is? And then he has a performance like tonight. He got rocked a couple of times. Things that didn't look like they hit clean. One of them did. The very first one where he got clipped. That was that was nice. But nice you exchange. have to give him credit. Oh, he for snaps sure. back and he and he continues on and he's he's fighting and he's. I don't know if it was just you know, training that just kicked in and his brain really wasn't working with it and it just you know the body goes onto autopilot. Could be, but. You know, it really looked, you know, once he got hurt and then he got himself into a position where he had like a second or two that he wasn't getting hit, kind of snapped himself back and then started attacking. So he just needs to, you've got to shore up all those holes because he's got holes and there's some big holes and, and he's, he's in a good camp now. He's, he's at, uh, SBG in uh, Ireland. So if that's where you're going to, you know, do your work, great. It's great to be exciting and it's great to be explosive and flashy with your techniques, but you don't do it at the detriment of your defense. Mm -hmm. You don't do it by leaving yourself open in those occasions, because when you leave yourself open, that's when someone has the opportunity to end the fight by putting you out. And he's got, he's six foot six anyways, and he has a tendency to raise that chin up as he comes in on people. So. It just needs to shore those things up a little bit better in the the mentality of defending and then opening up for an offensive attack and then closing it back down. You know, he's he's athletic, he's strong. You know, he obviously hits hard. So did he win the fight or did his opponent lose the fight? His opponent lost the fight. Thank Let's you. Be honest. That's all oh, I just wanted to be. I, I wanted them to hear you say it. 
Yeah. <laughs> so people, so people in the comment section can say like, "Josh is such a hater." I'm like, "No, no, no. I want to hear." John's a John. hater. I want to hear yeah. John is a hater. It's, you know, it's just the truth. It's you know, yeah. His his opponent overextended when he had him hurt, but then did some things like you said, putting your head down for that takedown and then taking shots. You have there's no reason. You know, what, when you're when you're killing somebody in the stand up, why are you going for that takedown? Yeah. Why are you going to change the elements that are making you successful right now? Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. It's not smart fighting. If you're doing well in the stand up and you've hurt somebody, that means that they're usually going to make a bigger mistake that you can then take advantage of if you don't go stupid. Yeah. You know, but. Yeah, one of those that I feel like both opponents didn't show any fight IQ tonight. It <laughs> didn't, they just didn't look good. But it made it for a fun fight. It did. It made for a really fun so, fight. It was. It's know, one of those fights, point. right? When you see yeah. one guy losing, he comes back almost like that Pat Berry, Czech Congo type fight. Yep. It was just fun. It was fun to watch. I was like glued to the TV. I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? What are they this thinking? This is crazy. Exactly. What are you doing? I was like, oh, shit, he's up. Oh, shit, he's down. Oh, shit. I was like, it was just one of those fights. It was a good fight, though. It was good. Just didn't show fight IQ. If you're talking like in terms of a fighter's point of view, I was like, yeah, it was borderline uh, tough man competition. Type it was entertaining, fight, but it was entertainment. It was good. There you go. Uh, what's on the another fight? What do you think? Uh, let's uh, talk about Mackenzie Dern, man. Anytime you want. You wanted to. You, you wanted <laughs> you to talk. You wanted to talk about lack of fight IQ. Yeah. Random Marcos comes from a wrestling background. Yeah. Mackenzie Dern is an unbelievable BJJ practitioner, not the greatest on her feet, not the greatest wrestling. So Randa comes out, has a little exchange and stuff. Mackenzie throws the kick, ends up on the ground, and dry as dry can be the time that I'm not going to go on the ground with someone yeah. that has a better submission game than me. Here goes Randa Marcos right down onto the ground with her, and it's like, what do you do? Okay. If you're going to go down there, then we have to go and put ourselves in positions where the submissions are limited. And right away you see Mackenzie. She's, she doesn't, they, they said, Oh, she's in a triangle. She's not in a triangle. She's in a high guard with the ability to get to a triangle because she can't get her leg down enough. But Randa's sitting. And again, this is that point of you're sitting, you're not moving. If your opponent is moving and you're not, they're gaining space on you. They're gaining an advantage don't just sit there and randa should have started to move herself either through the guard past the guard get to a half guard which takes yeah. away a ton of the submissions if you're going to be on the ground with someone that is a submission master then start to put them in a position where you can limit those submissions down to where i only have to deal with a couple things and randa didn't do that and as, and as soon as you know dominic said it right you know from the You've got you got your sequence, you know. If you if you have the triangle, you can go from the triangle. I I thought she was going to go to the armbar, and he's talking about an Uma Plata and stuff. Yeah. And it actually looked like she was thinking about the Uma Plata. Yeah. But then, you know, she pulled off that armbar. Was well done, beautifully played. You saw how she put it behind her arm and had it. You look and you go, well, if you want to watch someone that's really good on the ground, she's got the ability to. If the fight hits the ground. She's got the ability to beat anybody. I she's think that she, good. I think she's the best jujitsu player in MMA right now. 
if I'm talking credentials, I'm not saying she's the best MMA jiu-jitsu player because there's a difference. I think Damian yep. Maya's kind of has that, I think, locked in right now. For me, anyways, Damien, the guys he's fought and been able to use his techniques against has been shown and proven to work. Her, she's fighting people that, sure, they're good at jiu-jitsu, but they're not anywhere near her level. She she yeah. threw the head kick or whatever, and she slipped and fell. The girl jumped into her into her guard. She went. She tried to go De La Hiva. The girl, Randa, just basically shot through with the knee. She went right from De La Hiva, getting crushed through her De La Hiva. She went right from there to Omoplata. And just kept chasing the tri omoplata triangle, omoplata triangle yep. back and forth. And eventually, you know, she was able to get the sweep off the omoplata and get to the top position. That's like one of my favorite sequences that I use in just everyday training is because I I would always try to use my omoplata to get back to the top position because you can sweep from there. The, you know, the, the likelihood of you finishing that submission is is no. is so, so slim. It's so Come slim. on, how, how many omoplata? I think I had the very first omoplata. It was Ben Saunders. Pulled off the very first Uma Plata submission, eh, probably like five, five, six years ago. Now. Okay, first one ever. They're in the so UFC. hard. They're so hard to finish. Oh yeah. You know the guy gets, especially when you get sweaty. The guys able to kind of wiggle out a little bit, or they're flexible enough to take that. You know, so or they roll through and end up on bottom, and you know you end up trying to make a transition to the, the mount position or a triangle or something along those lines. Anyways. Um, tech. I think ability and technique. shout out to Ben she, Saunders. Yeah, come shout on, out to Ben. Um, Number one, first guy to ever do it. You got to think. Uh, are you done? But I think I think she's I think I think she's probably got the she's probably got the best jujitsu technique in the game. It's just a matter of whether she can continue to use it while being punched in the face. And we'll see. Yeah. Damian Maya has proven time and time again that he can do it, and so that's why I keep Damian at the top there. But you know, there's other guys that are in the game that are extremely good. Ryan Hall, exactly. Like Ryan Hall's a phenomenal jiu-jitsu guy, good player. Um, you know, I thought she showed a lot tonight. Uh, even though I know it was a short fight, but she showed a lot. She showed a lot that she can get struck. She showed a lot on how to strike from positions. Um, that she was winning. Like she was in that triangle, throwing the elbows. She she learned how to not take damage in some scenarios and positioning. Um, she's got a lot of, she's got a lot of work to do though. She's got a lot of work to do, but I think, yeah, but you got to look at, you know, she came off of, she was pregnant, had mm -hmm. a little baby girl. Yeah. I think she's had two fights now in 2020. Yeah. Hannah Cyphers and Randa yeah. Marcos. So those and, are the two. And you know, Hannah's not a real submission. She's no. more of a stand up girl yeah. and, and Randa is, or is a grappler, but not of the, uh, submission no. game that, that Mackenzie is, but. Look at she looked good and, and you gotta figure she moved down in weight because uh she has changed her body over a little bit. She's she's in a different weight class. So let's see what she can do there. Which is funny because uh she had a hard time making weight for a long time. I know. Yeah. Crazy. I think maybe being a mother has helped her. Maybe it has. Understanding that like if you gotta feed your kid first before you feed yourself, that makes it easier to make weight. <laughs> I'm not, I am not gonna even touch that one. Or get you in uh, trouble, dude. I, I think uh I think she's fun to watch, man. I love her transitions. She, like her I transitions said. on the ground are unbelievable. Yeah, she's nasty good. So, so smooth. But we'll see what she we'll see how she does when she, she goes up in weight. Or when she's she always moves forward. Up in talent. Yeah. So um who else? So we already so, uh, we gotta talk about Cosma. All right, let's talk about Shemayev. Dude, one go. punch? Come on. That was over in one punch. That was the first punch he threw. Mm -hmm. I was like, the, the only bad thing in this is, and here, this is, the UFC is trying to push 
him, and I don't blame him. Yeah. He's a stud. Okay, That's... this guy is a stud. But the first thing they say before the whole thing, you know, if he wins this one, he's the first one to win three fights the fastest in the UFC. And so I'm like, come on, man. Don't you, you've got better stats to come up with than fake stats. There used to be tournaments, okay? People can say whatever they want about old guys, new guys, modern era, pioneer thing. Look, UFC was set up on, guys were fighting three fights a night, then four fights, and then it all went back to three fights for a long time, and then two fights a night. So I feel I f- I'm sensing a little saltiness right now, John. What's saltiness. I just, why, I just I just look and go. What's with the salt? Why today? are you trying to come up with <laughs> bullshit stats that well, mean nothing? They don't mean anything. The, no, I, I sense they that saltiness like, like Dave's talking all of a sudden, like podcast Jeez. Dave. It's just salt coming out right now. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. If this, you know, if you're trying to say something, this is. You are the UFC. This yeah. is your history. Your history has it to where guys used to fight three times in one night. You do realize the commentators that are covering it, though, were like in fourth grade. One, two, That's one, not the commentator. <laughs> you know, it's like. Those commentators were in fourth have grade. Because it doesn't. Like, if you're in the NFL yeah. and you run for fucking 275 yards, whose record did you break? The guy that's only modern era, come on, I guess don't don't take that away. It's just it's ridiculous. You, you have too many things that you can build up about this young kid, and He's he good. is phenomenal. He is a stud. But to sit here and say that you know I'm, we're going to say that he's the fastest. You want to say that you know in the last you know ten fifteen years. This guy's got more wins faster than anyone. Go ahead, but yeah. don't say ever. Yeah. It's not true. It just makes you look like you're, you're 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 reaching for something. That there's no point in it. Were they suggesting the fastest wins, like three no. three first round finishes or what? No, two, two first the, round finishes. The, the shortest one. amount of days. Got it. Sixty six days to get three wins. I I watch. I find myself watching fights without commentary now because I feel like it's. I I, I actually watch the fight versus listening to what they're saying. <laughs> um and nothing against them i actually enjoy I, I like dominic cruz you know a lot of people don't like his commentary i like his commentary um and i, I like paul filter's commentary and i like believe it or not as much as people think is i actually like bisbing and uh, <laughs> bisbing is he's a good dude he is a really oh, i he's like a great him. He's, he's a good guy so a um guy. i like to poke fun at him but he's a good i used guy. to say that about bisbing all this people are like oh, i hate that guy go, yeah. he's the nicest guy he's such a good guy he's he playing is. a role yeah don't worry about it. he's a great guy yeah, now no, he's not playing a role. He's just a sh- no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel the same. I feel like Chael gets a bad rap too. If people actually sat down and talked with Chael, oh, man. they would realize That's- he's just like this. He's this big teddy bear. He's like just a big kid, you know. Yeah. Anyway. But see, then, but that Chael has separated differently yeah. than Michael because there's Chael Sonnen mm-hmm. and there's Chael P Sonnen. And then there is Chael Sonnen, the American gangster. (laughs) Now, I can understand why nobody likes the American gangster. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. You know, because he's the the guy that's going to be, you know, he's never lost a fight. He's, you know, he he lies. It's fun. That's okay. But Chael Sonnen is a great guy. Chael Sonnen. Just a great guy. It's funny. The original, the the Chael Sonnen that we know, the Chael Sonnen that I've known forever, 
he doesn't lie like the American gangster does. Oh, the, no. The American no. gangster, I don't think he can get a sentence out without lying. <laughs> but <laughs> the Chael Sonnen that I know is super yeah. positive about everybody and everything. Yep. Yeah, and just And I feel the same way about Michael. And Michael's, I think, he yes. I'm obviously not positive all the time. But he's a great guy. He's a, I've tried And Michael, him. best yeah. of luck with the knee. He had his second yes. knee replacement. Oh, shit, not really? Oh, he's got two fake knees now. He just had his second one. And a fake eye. He, he actually, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fake body parts. On this. And he's like the most but, least fake person I know, probably. I know. <laughs> he's a funny <laughs> dude. Oh, shit. I love good it. Luck, good luck with the, uh, the recuperation on yeah. that. He actually just did the, the broadcast. I know and he hadn't been long since he had the surgery. So. Yeah. Tough dude. Yeah, tough guy. Tough guy. Um, Chimaev, I, I think uh, the future is bright. We'll see what happens. He fights what in two weeks at 170 against yeah, Damian Maya. Um, back to Fight Island to take yeah. on Maya. Yeah, here's the thing is I think he's got a good chance of beating Damian only because of what I just saw tonight. I yeah. wouldn't say jiu-jitsu-wise I'm, because I'm not going to say that, but he is physically, he looks big and strong. Physically and, fast. Yes. And if he touches Damian Maya on the chin, which we saw with Gilbert Burns, it could be lights out. Yep. So if he can stuff Damian Maya's takedowns, what I like. Sorry, what I like about Damian Maya is that he doesn't he doesn't shoot double legs. He shoots them no. to get to the single leg to try to like drag you to the ground. He doesn't try to like lift you, double leg you, take you down. He hooks you in. He hooks on that half guard kind of position where he hangs on the leg and just kind of sits there until you get tired of defending and you make a mistake. And then even if he ends up on bottom, he'll use well, he, the Lovato and the Damian Maya, exactly. that half guard sequence to the sweep to get to the top. I actually call it the Lucas Leach half guard uh, game. Because I feel like he's the original guy that started that whole half guard sweep series that Lovato used against Gegard Mousasi a bunch of times yep. in Bellator, and it's it's phenomenal, man. It works phenomenal. It works phenomenally, and 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 man, I'm surprised more fighters haven't picked this up. And uh, it's it's sad to see, but I also I'm like, man, these guys have actually they've made it. They've they've figured out how to use it so well in MMA. There's no damage to be taken while you're doing it. And you're taking out all the guillotines and the submission and the, and the darshes out of the game if you do it properly. So Dave, Dave, Dave move, move uh, Damian Maya's thing to the point where he fought Nate Quarry. That would be the first time that you saw him use that sweep. Uh, oh, really? Back in, uh, wow. Just keep on going back. Jeez, so there you go, all the way. 2009. Oh, which one when he fought him in? Oh, when he lost that, him? Or that was Nate Marquardt. Oh, no, that's Marquardt. No, Nate Quarry. Nate Quarry. That's not right. Nate Quarry, 2008. Nate Quarry, you know, was basically, like, you're not going to take me down. And in that sequence, Damian Maya slips into half guard, uses the, the late sweep over, elevates him up, all of a sudden is on top. You look and you go, how good is he off of his back? Just incredible. Well, I want to remind people how good he is as a wrestler as well. He actually lateral now. He no, he lateral dropped Chael Sonnen when they fought. Exactly, that was his next fight. I was like, what? In that was the his fuck? next fight. I was like, there's no way he's gonna take Chael down. Chael's gonna whoop his ass. Fucking lateral drop Chael. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Who? What the, how good is this guy? Is really? I was I was in disbelief to watch that. Yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, that I, it makes for an interesting fight, man. Look at that young Chael Sonnen right there, that handsome little devil. Chimaev though has got. Uh, I think he, I think he, I think he, he's the reason why I feel like he can be a star. One eighty five and one seventy. He's bouncing back oh, and forth he, he, like it's nothing. 
And and I, honestly, he looks he looks better at 185. Yeah, he does. He looks. What are we gonna do with him? What, what are they gonna do with him? They can put him wherever he wants. Come on, if if, if he if he if he cranks off a couple more, you know, wins, be it in the 170 pound or the 185, you're talking about a guy that is he could be in the top 10 in each weight division and could go back and forth. You know, going back and forth is not something anyone is usually yeah. in a position to say, I want to do that. This kid, we don't care. Can you pull up Damian Maya where he is in the rankings? Is he like top 10 still? Let's see here. Welterweight, right? Yes. Yeah, he'd be 170. Way to keep up, Dave. I mean, I, you're saying he's jumping around. I don't no, know. not Damian Maya. No, no, no. no. I'm talking about Damian Maya where he's at. He's in Welterweight. Tobias yeah. is Chimaev jumping around. Is jumping around. No, I know. Damian Maya. Try to he's keep, number seven. Once again, try to keep up, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah see, he's look, like, if he, he wins... He's beating the seventh-ranked guy yeah. in the UFC's rankings. I, I feel like he should stay at seventy, and then when that when the when the boat sinks, go to eighty-five. <laughs> that I I just feel like I, I mean you can do the heavier weight class and then try to cut down. He's young. What is he? Twenty-six. Good God. You know we yeah it's like it's like another and I don't want to compare him to Nemkov, but I'm saying like the the in terms of talent wise and being young, 26 years old. You have we have Nemkov and Bellator. They got Chimaev here, and uh, you know, but it's nice. It's I, I like I like the fact that he's bouncing from from weight class to weight class and making it look Eastern easy. Europeans, dude. But it's gonna trouble. Be, it's gonna be hard for him to keep doing that when he gets to the upper group of guys. You know, there's gonna be a lot more damage. Those guys, some of those guys, will stop the takedowns. Let's see who he has in 185. Here, let's let's make an argument, John. Let's go 185 and let's do 170 and let's see which guys, based off of what we know of him now, what do you think? Okay, I think at one. So at here, at one at 185, there's obviously is Izzy, there's Whitaker, Paula Costa, Jared uh, Cannonier, and then there's uh, Jack Hermanson. Okay, is it Hermanson? Hermanson. 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 And then Yoel Romero, Darren Till, uh, Derek Brunson. I mean, I could see him possibly fighting like uh, Kelvin Gaslam or Derek Brunson next. Okay, I could see Just Derek keep, Brunson. Keep him away from Uriah Hall and Weidman. I, I feel like he's he's ready, I think, for that Kevin Gaslam level. Let's see. You know, that Kevin Gaslam, Derek Brunson, uh, Darren Till level. I, those three guys, Yoel Romero is just a different beast, man. Like you just never know. Like Yoel Romero and him, I mean, that, I think that's down the road. But Yoel's not getting any younger either. So yeah, look at I'm telling you right now, I think he beats Yoel Romero. Ooh, yeah, man, look at Yoel's getting older, and yes. he just he doesn't do things the same now. He he's doing the same thing as a as a Tyrone Woodley and trying to wait. And there's just not that anticipation that there was before when he would explode. So. When you look at 26, this kid is, he's fast, he's explosive, he's got phenomenal timing, he's accurate. Look at the shot. Dude, that shot he hit was the kid for sure with. I mean, it was on the button. Yeah. Okay, that's called accuracy because it was a straight right hand. Yep. Nothing. It was beautifully thrown. Watch the drive through his legs off of it, and it was short and sweet and that's called being accurate i just looking right now there's i'm looking at the 185s and i see two guys in the top five i think he could beat really 
Yeah. Just being You on. think he beats Yoel? I don't think he beats Yoel. I think he could beat Yoel, and I think he could beat Hermanson. 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 Not Jared? Uh, Jared, I'm not too sure because Jared's got really, he's got bombs. He, he has the proverbial Josh Thompson dogs. He's in got his dogs hands. in his hands, baby. Okay. And uh, that can always be the difference maker right there. But I don't know. I just, something about the kid. And it, it all comes down to the whole thing that we talk about. The kid's got confidence. Yeah. And when you're young and you think nobody can beat you, you're, you're dangerous until someone proves you wrong. You think he's Whitaker? <laughs> Not right now. Not right now. All right, All let's right. go to 70. Let's see who we got in 70. I mean, you can see him and him in Mazadol. You could see him in Mazadol. I don't think that's a fight, you know. <clears throat> George is slick on his feet. And George yeah. George sets things up very well uh, in the stand-up. And he'll, he'll see things early in the fight, and he'll go back to them and create a trap that the guy falls for and then he takes advantage right. of later on in it. But... You know, Stephen Thompson is a guy you can look at and say, okay, there's one right there. He's ahead of he's Damian ahead Maya. of um, Damian Maya. And look, as I've seen, you know, Stephen causes problems for a lot of guys, but this kid is not afraid of getting in with his hands and his wrestling is good. Yeah. And, his, and it's the transition that he thinks, he makes someone think he's doing something. He didn't do it tonight, obviously, but he makes someone think that he's going after these shots and their hands are coming and all of a sudden, man, they're off their feet. <clears throat> he transitions into the takedowns beautifully. He sets them up. At least that's what I've seen in his first two fights. So, I mean, I don't know. I, huh. there's, there's guys in that top 10 I think he takes care of right now. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I think he's got a cleaner road to the title at 170. You know, I, I think he, I agree with you. If he beats Damian Maia, which I think will be his toughest task in that group of guys, Michael Kies has been looking pretty good lately. Kies has been looking uh, good, looking but good. T Wood doesn't but look good. But be same. honest, do you think, you, you think Dos Andros would beat him at this point? No. Why? No, I don't think so. But you know, uh, Vicente Luque, he looks pretty I good. I love Vicente Luque. He looked good. He looked good. <clears throat> He's good. He's good. I mean, that I mean that would make for a fun fight, but then he'd have to go backwards after he beats Damian Maya. He'd have to go backwards. That doesn't make any sense if he beat Damian Maya. I mean, I wouldn't lie. I honestly, Stephen Thompson's one of those guys that he poses threats for a lot of people, but I agree with you that the wrestling pedigree is there for him to take Stephen down. He's yep. got to just make sure that he, I shouldn't say, let me go backwards, is that we don't know. We we're basing everything off of basically what six minutes in the fucking no. cage. First off, I do know because where he comes from yeah. and what he's done. Okay, it's not easy, man. The wrestling there, and you just see what he's done in his first couple fights. It says, "Yep, he's one of those guys. He's got it. He is. He's got that style. He's he." technically is he doesn't overpower people he yeah. out techniques them you watch his setup you watch how he turns the corner when he's taking someone down it's just all the things you go he's not he's not even exerting any real energy no he's just using good technique and he's just fast and he sets it up perfectly and he's gonna be a load man are we looking at the next john jones could be could be man this the, you know, this kid has got, you know, he, 
figure out he's what six foot two six careful foot what you three. say john because you know people this is on video this, they'll call this back this oh, didn't yeah, age well this didn't age want, well <laughs> i want to let you know yeah. <laughs> no i look i, I don't want to two people's horns too much too fast nine and oh i get where he comes from i get that he's talented i get what he's done so far uh, yeah. i love the fact that he's bouncing from 70 to 85 i love that i love the fact that ufc is willing to take the chance on him and let him do that because they've yep. told they've told other fighters in the past Absolutely can't do it not. can't do it and they're letting Stay. him go man and they're just letting him do Which it and makes them smart yes it makes it fun it makes it fun for the fans i want to watch now i want to see what's next for him because oh. if it was just 170 and they said no he had to fight at 170 be like all right okay. okay i get it but the fact that he's bouncing from up and down up and down and having success the way he's having success I'm a fucking fan now. And I was a fan. I was a fan, after, not after his first fight, but his second fight. His first fight was dominant. I get it. But the second fight, he showed a lot more, a little bit more anyways. And then this fight, I was just like, wow. Like, he, I know he just threw one punch and the fight was over. But it was the way it was, like you said, people, you guys are sitting at home. You're like, oh, he threw the punch in Atlanta. I'm like, yeah, but you know what I saw? I saw exactly what John talked about, what you did, is that there, there was no load up. He nope. just turned the hip and the hand came straight out right on the button. And nope. it was clean. And it was solid. Did you yes. see Gerard's head and that hydrostatic, that shock, that boom. Yep. And you go, oh, he's done. Yeah. You know, and he just, he fell like, you know, the building came down. Here's and it, what dude, That's what happens when the brain is shut off. When you're watching fights like that, and when someone hears the thing, the punch landed right on the cheek and the face and like a little bit inside the nose. Those are hard to get finishes off of. If he had clipped them right on the chin or right on the temple or like right behind the ear, we'd be like, oh, okay, perfectly placed. Da, da, da. You know, he, he took the punch right square in the Bing. face, on the cheek, right, right next to the nose. Those are hard to get finishes off of. Like guys, they'll break their orbital before they actually go down sometimes. This guy just clipped him, boom, done. Fight was over. I, I'm, I'm very impressed. I'm not ready to crown him the John Jones, but I wanted to bring it up and see <laughs> see if I could get you to to say something that will bite you in the ass later on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this kid is proven. How can you say anything bad about him? Yeah, I mean, what what's he done that you go? Well, he's not too good. There, he hasn't had. You know, I, I always talk about. Hey, you don't have to win every moment of the fight. You don't have to win yeah. every second. You don't have to win every minute. He's won every second. Yeah. Okay, every second that he's been in the UFC, he's been winning. Four <laughs> there hasn't been a second he's lost. Three fights, four and a half minutes. Or oh, sorry, no, sorry, one of them was in the second round, so five. So he's got nine and a half minutes in the in the cage. That was his first fight. Yeah, nine and a half minutes in the cage. That's not bad for three fights in the UFC. Talk not about talk about walking to the bank with checks. Or <laughs> like nine <laughs> minutes worth of work, no problem. Chutching. Yep, cash me out. Not bad. All right, so what other fights? Pull up the card. Oh, there's a card. Right there. Oh, we got Let's Donald go Cerrone and Nico going to a draw because Jason Herzog took a point and he should have. Okay, okay. Tell me how you really feel. I was proud of him. <laughs> Where are you, dude? Where are you? I'm sitting there. Yeah, because Nico is sitting there with his open yes. hands, and it's you're getting told, hey, and then you have the first one right away on the second. No. You're done. Anyone after that, I'm just going to start because you're not changing a technique that is causing the problem. Yeah. You're in control of it. You either change it or if it happens, I'm going to take points from you and you have to do it. What I didn't like is even after he poked him in the eye the first time, 
He just kept doing this. Went back. There to was it. never, there was never a moment where like he even closed his gloves or his hands or like kind of bent his fingers. He just kept doing this, and I was like, "All right, you're just playing with fire, bro. Like that, yeah. that's on you. It really is on you." And eventually, it backfired on him. I mean, the only thing I don't like about with the draws is that neither fighter gets paid their win bonus. And to me, it was a good fight. Even outside of the eye pokes, I thought it was a phenomenal fight. Um. Nico looked good. I thought uh, he started slowing down as Donald started having a little more success with some of the some some of the transitions he was making, which was nice. Getting well, that back, first that, the that first two and a half minutes was of the first brutal round, to watch. Oh, he was just lighting Cerrone up. Yep. And had Donald not finished the round better, I could have seen it being a ten eight round. Yes. He finished the it round was, better than than obviously than he started. But it, I don't know. Lot, he won. He actually won the second half of the yes, round. He didn't that's what I thought. It. He didn't win it like Nico no. won the first half. So, but yeah. And yeah, I had Donald Don did a whole lot better in the second half. The second half of the round. But then the problem was yeah. like it was like had he not, I could have seen him be in a 10 8 round. Dude, he took some he, yeah, he took, took some, some abuse. Big shots. He looked wobbly a couple times. And look, I mean, I guess realistically, we just gotta talk about the reality of it. Is that we're getting old. He's getting older, 37 years old. He's had some wars. Yeah. Like a lot of wars. And as much as I'd like to see him keep fighting, uh, I don't want to see him fight. I don't want to. Same as yeah, me. I don't. I love. I love him. I think he's just, but he's been phenomenal for the sport. Yeah. He is just. He's that guy you look at, man, and he'll fight. But he he's slowing down, it's and he's taking man. he's taking more shots every fight. Yep. He's getting hit with shots that before he didn't. He never had great head movement, anyways. No. But go back to the Nate Diaz fight. Oh, dude. Didn't move his head offline at all. Not <laughs> Just... at all. But, uh, you know, he's now, and, and this is this is where it comes down to the point. Donald Cerrone, if you take a look at what his last three fights before this, I mean, he had Justin Gaethje. Who, who, yeah, who did he have before Justin Gaethje? Tony. Tony. Tony Ferguson, Justin, Justin Gaethje, Gaethje, Conor, Conor McGregor. McGregor. Okay. I mean, you have three losses there. I Anthony understand. Pettis. Then he had Anthony Pettis, Four. and that's a that's a rematch of someone that he had fought before mm-hmm. and Anthony had beaten him, but that's four losses in a row. And so now you're, you're going into the Nico price and nothing, taking nothing away from Nico. He's a tough dude. Nico is a, just a, he'll mm-hmm. go for it guy, but he had that fight against Vicente Luque just yep. before this one that was freaking phenomenal, but he took a lot of abuse, but he's not the guy that you're looking at and saying Nico price is going to be a world champion. No. I'm just sorry. He's not. He's not that guy. He's a tough fighter, and he's good. But now you have Donald Cerrone, and he would have lost that fight without that eye poke. Okay? That just shows on the judges' scorecards yeah. because it would have been that he uh, he would have lost a well, split decision. I guess one of the judges gave, uh, gave him the fight. Yeah. yeah. So he would have lost a split decision, which it shouldn't have been a split decision. Nico won. The first and the second, Donald won the third. But, you know, it's um you gotta ask why you're fighting now. Yeah. Because the, the title runs are gone. I mean, that that that's not there anymore. So what's the reason for fighting? And now Donald becomes that guy that I hate uh saying it, but that promotions use to, to build their accelerate younger. and build the other stars that are coming up because then they get that win against the cowboy who has the most wins in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And it just becomes that 
Yeah. That situation you never want to see him in. So I don't know. I, I love the guy, you know, whatever he decides, here, here, I'm, you know, behind for, him, but kind of would like to see him say, it's about, about time to yeah, pull he, the plug on. He has a new Go boy. Ride Bulls. He has a new boy. He has, uh, he has danger and he has his new son, riot. Yeah, which I think is a riot that their names that are is that. It's fucking Come on. phenomenal. I think it's great. That's danger and riot, riot. from the bad motherfucker ranch. That's awesome. It doesn't get any better. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> um, I here I think fighters while we're still fighting, we think, we think I can keep doing this, keep going, you know. And then yeah. when you're done fighting, you realize you have another twenty five years to live with your kids, thirty years, maybe forty. That's the whole point. If you're blessed for another 40 years the issue is is that you want to you're like shit i should have stopped sooner after the fact you think i should have stopped sooner i have better conversation with my kids i have better moments with my kids i, I like these are things yep. that i think later on these fighters they're holding on holding on to make money make money because they don't know what they're going to do after fighting because they've been doing this for 20 something years now and it's it's a sad position to see some of the fighters in like look at evander holyfield look at uh roy jones jr look at you know, I know Tyson's making a comeback, but I think he's doing it for fun. It's not so much that he needs the money, I don't think. You know, he, he's always had money problems. Yep. But I feel like I a lot of the stuff that I've read on Tyson as of lately, he's been able to handle his financials a lot better now lately. Um, but I don't think, I don't know what Donald's financials are. I, I'm not going to even get into that. But it just comes to a point where he's got two kids now, two young boys. That but when he is, one day it's going to come. He's going to have to retire. So whether it's in next, whether it's this year, next year, or the year after. Okay. Yep. He's going to have to retire and he's going to probably start thinking to himself, fuck, I could have retired three years earlier and been a different person because you can't keep fighting those kind of fights. And as much as I will always try to pay to watch him fight because I'm a big supporter of him, I've always loved watching him fight. You know, it's kind of came up around the same time. You know, he's a little bit younger than me, but I just I will always try to uh, support the people that I re recall being fighting on the level that I was fighting at coming up and thinking like, man, you're, you're good. You're fun to watch. Always love watching him fight. So, um, I just don't want him to have any regrets when he's all done. Like, man, now I've got yeah. two young boys, and I'm whether he's having, and he's not. Maybe he's not, but I'm having issues with his speech or having issues with his, you know, with anything else. He's his, his movements, his his knees, his ankles, his back, whatever it is. It just, I just, those are gonna come. And the less you yep. train, that's what's funny. I thought when I was done, I didn't have a lot of body injuries. But then I didn't train. I didn't train as hard as I used to for about a year, year and a half. And like, oh, my back started hurting. Oh, my elbow started hurting. <laughs> my my neck started bothering me the most. You know, and those are all things that you start thinking about. And you don't think about those things because you're constantly strengthening the muscles around it while you're training full time for fights. But when you stop training, the muscle, the muscle starts to atrophy a little bit. And it's not the same. And the injuries come out a lot more, whether it's ankles, whether it's your knee, whether it's your toes. And so... He's going to have a lot going on with him after the after the fight game, after when he's all done. Yeah. I want him to be able to, you know, spend the quality time that he would like to with his kids. So that's the hardest part, I think, for for me sitting here watching him continue to fight. I'm like, yeah, I get the money's good, but, you know, the extra two or three years is not, it's not worth it, man. Nah, it's hard. I, I look at it, you know, Eddie, he's got a lot going off on the side. You know, he does the things with uh, Kevin Harvick Racing. He's mm -hmm. got the Budweiser. I think the UFC would use him as a uh, a brand am ambassador. I would hope you so. Know, and, and bring him, you know, to fights and stuff because everybody wants to meet him. 
you know, he still has his place. He's a great. It's guy. just you, you, you can only crash the car so many times, yeah. or the car doesn't work. Yeah. And you know, he, like you said, he's got two small boys. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of wakeboarding, a lot of crazy plane stuff, riding horses, hunting, all kinds of stuff with his kids. You, you want to be able to do those things and remember what you did. Yep. So agreed. whatever he decides I'm, I'm for, but I, I'd like to see him say it's about time to pull the plug on it. All right. Well, let's get into the main event. Let's go. Let's go. Went exactly like I said. <laughs> Come on. We talked about know. it. I let's, talked with other let's, people. Let's play back the, the show of last week. I think you were all Woodley's gonna dominate. Woodley's gonna oh, win. Lion dog, man. <laughs> no. I, I wanted Woodley to pull the trigger a lot more in the first two rounds. He just didn't do I it. Told you he wouldn't. Yeah, no. I was Can't. I had hopes he would. But yeah, hopes. Yeah. It ain't gonna happen. You you don't change from being this person that all of a sudden, you know, we change as fighters. Going from okay, we're dominating, we're doing great things, and then all of a sudden it starts to change a little bit, and then it doesn't change back to oh, we're back. Yeah, it's just very rare, very rare to see anything like that. And you could see in his fight against Usman, his fight against Burns, it's just not there. He doesn't pull the trigger, and he he used to have. I always looked at Tyron as not being just fast. He had the ability to anticipate and take advantage of situations. You know, when he got into that point where he was fighting well and he was beating, like he was, he knocked out Josh Koscheck and then he was I'm trying to think of the guys he was beating before he beat Robbie Lawler. Man, he was so good at anticipating what they were doing. And then he would throw that right hand and it would land with power. And, He's not throwing now because he's, he's not anticipating. He's waiting, and then he's waiting, and the time goes by, and his, his opponent's now attacking him, and all he's thinking about is defense instead of countering what's occurring and making his opponent pay for pay for that, that approach and that attack. I want you to now pay for it. They're not paying. He's the one paying. You, you watched him tonight. I, I was, I'm sitting there watching with my wife. I said, watch. Watch, watch Colby. Watch Colby attack and watch that Tyron will not throw anything back. And he did it time after time after time. You can't win a fight like that. Yeah. You know, you're just letting the, t the time tick off on the clock. And, you, you know, what you don't throw is never going to knock anybody out. I was surprised he didn't fight him more like he fought Robbie Lawler. He got right up into Robbie Lawler's grill and just started going after him and going after Robbie, making him throw big punches until Robbie just tried to pick and choose his shots. Whereas T. Wood, he I thought he would do the same thing to, that he did to Robbie. I thought he would do it to T. Wood. He didn't. He fought a very safe fight. Yep, you know, and he, did. He, just, he was very safe. He, he, his punch output wasn't anywhere near what it was in the Robbie Lawler fight. Yeah, hold on. The one round, I think it was 113 strikes to two. Yeah. 113 well, I'm not saying it's not a lot, but I'm saying like his output so in the Lawler fight was enormous. Before that finish, you know, you take a look. Tyron didn't win a round. Yeah. And you could say that he lost the fourth round 10-8. Interesting. He was just dominated. Yeah. You know, and you're looking at a guy that... You know, at one point he was dynamic. He's not dynamic anymore. It's just not there. Does it just leave you like that? Yeah, 
It does. It doesn't happen to everyone, but you'll see guys that you look and you go, there's the time that he changed. And you'll see it. You'll see it from one performance to the next. And pull up Tyron's uh, fights thing here. Let me see. I'm trying to look now. Colby, Gilbert, Kamara. His last last win was against Till in 2018, right? Two years this month. He had one he had two fights. Look how old John is. Look in 2016. Well, I, 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 no, I, I have a cord going there. He has two fights in 2016, two fights in 2017. He had one fight old. against Darren Till <laughs> in 2018. And then in the you know, the fight he had in 2019 is is his loss to Camaro. And you just look and you go, Yeah. Now I thought that he was actually starting to slow down when he fought. Damian Maya, but he was able to control the fight, mm-hmm. but it was boring if you remember. It was yes. horrible. Well, you his know? fights and with then, Steven Thompson were the same. With Thompson, I could understand it to a point yeah, a little true. bit more based upon Thompson's style, but not with Damian because he, you know what Damian's going to try to come in and take you down. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely opportunities for you to be offensive mm-hmm. and hurt him when he's trying to come into that range. And it wasn't there. And then, you know, he had he landed the one shot with Till that ended up with the Darce choke. Good performance. But, you know, his performance against Usman, he got crushed. He got yeah. dominated. And I think it actually started somewhere around that, you know, 2017 with Damian Maya. There was the change. It was changing. And the speed was just a little bit different. The timing was a little bit different. And it was that ability to actually anticipate his opponent's movement and where they were going to be and then do something off of it it was just changed up and it's gone here's do you find though that maybe because he had to fight someone like and i'm going to just off the top of my head i had to make some changes myself throughout my career on certain guys that i fought but it, the way that it was stacked when you fight someone like steven thompson he fought him twice back to back and then he fought Damian yeah. maya those are defensive fights like with, with Stephen Thompson, right? You're still you're, you're tracking after him, but you're not over committing on things. So the pick and choose your shots, it it will tend to be yeah. a boring fight. Damian Maya, same thing. Three fight camps in a row, you're training for people like that. And the same thing almost could be said about the Robbie Lawler fight, because like you don't want to get hit by Robbie Lawler. And at the time, he was the champion when they fought. No. And so those are the like those those four fights in a row are guys that. You potentially may be one of those. Your 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 whole camp has been you focusing on letting the fight develop in front of you and not really pulling the trigger, picking choosing your shots. That could have shaped and changed the way he fought. And then yeah. when you move on to Darren Till, I mean, I, I actually can't recall that fight. You know, I just understand that he won by submission. Yeah, C- that's CTE. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I want to say. I want to say. You I talk didn't. about my age. I'm yeah. talking about your. CTE. I want to say I didn't see that fight though. I don't think I ever did see that fight. But then, you know, and then he goes on and loses to Kamaru Usman, and then he goes on and loses Gilbert and this and that. But anyways, he did. He went on a, a sabbatical for a while, right? He was gone for what? He was only gone for, what, a year? A year. Yeah, he took. He wanted to focus on his rap career, right, or something like that. So, But my point is this, is that Robbie Lawler, Stephen Thompson's back-to-back, and then Danny and Maya, that could have, I think, four camps in a row training for people that are dangerous or people that you have to be very picky with, like how you approach that fight. Very almost like a very defensive style of training, because if you overcommit with Stephen Thompson, you leave yourself out of position. He's gonna knock. He could knock you out. 
Um, Damien Maya could take you down and submit you, and he's done it to everybody, a lot of people. Robbie Lawler, you make one mistake, and he's explosive, and he's got big power. So, like, th- those type of fights are fights that I could see could have maybe had shaped the way he's approached his fights towards the end of his career. And then as you get older, you realize you're slowing down. You realize that, shit, I'm throwing, you? and these guys are, yeah, you should. <laughs> I think you in, should. I think the reality is, is that most fighters that they do know when they're slowing down, they just can't. They don't want to. They don't want to step away from the money, because, like I said, with the Donald Cerrone thing, we've made so much money. Like fighters have made so much money that they're never going to see again. So they need to learn how to budget their money. They know how to take care of themselves because they're not going to see those big paychecks anymore. It's going to come to an end for every single oh, one of these guys, and it will. Everyone. It all comes to an end. So you need to make sure that you have your financials in place. That was so. What was so hard for me as a referee? Those big paychecks. Yeah, I bet that I was that I was making and, and walking away from those. That was really a big decision. It was so weird though. I used to see you at the strip club, like just throwing two dollar bills around, like it was nobody's business. Dollar, 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 <laughs> dollar baby. Yeah, I was the only. I was the only fighter I think that was smart enough. Every time I went to a strip club with other fighters, I went with two dollar bills instead of one dollar bills. So I always had the chicks. Yeah. <laughs> You go to the, you go to the bank and you get like you get stacks of two dollar bills and you're like yeah so like girls will come to you because of the two dollar. Do the banks even give two dollar yes. bills? Yes, really. Two dollar bills. Oh. The yeah. fact that you the fact that you even had to give them the two dollar bill. It was awesome. It was great. No, I did it just see. to see their reactions. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I I was never a strip club kind of guy, but it was. Neither it was, was I. It was fun. It was fun to go like with you had a group of guys that you all went with oh, yeah. and like you showed up with two dollar bills and all the guys had ones. I'm like yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> it was great. We had a good time. Anyways, that was probably too much information for you. Guys. <laughs> but Usual. Good stuff. Um, all right. Well, I mean, overall, I thought T would. Uh, he needs to figure out what he wants to do. I'm what about Colby, though? Uh, I mean, realistically, I, it was a good performance. It was a dominant performance, but it wasn't like that. Ooh, great performance. But so, you got to think. Of, you got to think about it this way. And this is the way I was looking at it. I I thought that Colby was going to win the fight, and you know, people that were asking me that close to me, I said. I, I give Tyrone one chance that's in the first round. Other yeah. than that, it's over. But you did have to think about it. You, know, you had like Dean Thomas in Woodley's corner. He knows Colby very well. Yeah. Colby trained there for a long time. So they knew exactly where Colby's strengths were and they know exactly where his biggest weaknesses are. So, you know, in planning for that fight, they had to have an idea of, hey, we can get to him this way. Yeah. You know, and that didn't work at all. And Colby, I thought Colby fought a really smart fight. He fought a very controlled fight. He was a lot more open in his fight against Usman than he was in this fight with Woodley. He didn't take a whole lot of damage in it at all. And was, you know, even when he had those moments that you looked and you said, oh, you can step on the gas. He was smart in the way he did. The, the one thing that I really, I, did you see the difference when he would pummel? Anytime he wanted, he got that underhook yeah. on Woodley like that. I mean, it was like, you know, Woodley knows how to close off that and cl- and shut down that pump. Not at all. They want to fight for the positions. Never. Yeah. Because why? It's effort and work. He's afraid of getting tired. Yeah. And Could it's like, you can't, you can't be in that position. You yeah. can't be afraid of, of, of getting to the point where you're tired. If you're gonna get tired, you're gonna get tired. You've got to go. You got to push. And I honestly, for Tyron, I just don't see it happening anymore in his fights. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I mean, we'll see. He's getting paid quite a bit of money to sit on the sidelines and fight guys, you know? So, he's, I mean, someone's going to have to give. We'll see what happens. Um, okay, so let's talk. So Bellator's got some cards coming up in the UK series. To me, I've said this for the longest time. The fight to make, it has always, to me, has always been the fight to make is uh, Castillo Vance Dinas versus Fabian Edwards, which is Leon Edwards' brother. Those two guys, I think, are going to have potential fight of the year candidate. This fight you're, you're, will be You're already amazing. calling a fight of the year. Candidate. Not, I'm not saying it's going to be fight of the year, but it'll be in the, I think it could be in the conversation. This is one of okay. those fights that... Vance Tinas will walk him down and try yes. and make him fight him. And yes. Fabian Edwards, with his speed and his athleticism, has been able to make people fight his tempo of fight. He he suffered. He had a hard time with Shipman. Uh, Mike Shipman was able to push him around and try to like make split him decision. split decision. But it was, and it was really, really close. I could have seen it going either way. My thought on that, though, is that Vance Tinas, he will do it. He will do it on the feet. He will do it on the ground. He will make him fight. Will he get knocked out in the process? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But he definitely will make Fabian fight at a pace that he's not used to fighting at. And so this to me has that potential, especially with all the stuff that I've seen from Van Cena's coming out of his on his pressers and stuff. He just has been very vocal about, I'm going to make this coward fight my fight. I'm going to make this Ooh. this wuss or this whatever it is. He said all these things. He's he's all hype he's all the like, he's very like he's very adamant about the fact that i'm gonna walk this guy down and make him fight my fight maybe edwards said a lot of stuff coming in and what he was gonna do to everyone so. mm -hmm. we're gonna see this is the this is yeah. the fight this is this to me like i said has the potential of being a fight of the year candidate well i would just go with and you can't you know mma math doesn't work no but mike shipman was one of costello and Stenis's last opponents. Well, he had Salter, he had Shipman, and then Salter. Mm -hmm. But the S Shipman fight ended in a, a big time KO. Yes. Where Shipman went the full distance and had a judge even believing he won that fight. Yeah. And it is the one of the things about Van Stenis, he's got that it thing, that edge. He's yes, he mean. Does. Yes, he is. He's mean. I haven't seen that Fabian is mean. Fabian is technically very good. Fabian is very athletic. He's not the full fighter that I think his brother is right now. I don't know if he's got the full full complement that Leon has, but talent-wise, he's outstanding. But I haven't seen someone be able to push him into that point where he has to. We have to find out is he mean and. This is the fight we're going to find out. We're going to find this out. This is the fight. We're going to find this out. So it should be fun. This is going to be a good fight. I'm excited. Who else is on this card? There was another fight on there that I was actually uh, wanted to see. I want to see the uh, Wanless versus Alfie Davis fight. You oh, yes. You couldn't take a different contrast of body styles to put into a cage. Alfie's like 5'8", maybe? No, Alfie's bigger than five. Five eight, five nine, five. No eight. way. No, he's five. Got to be five ten, five eleven. No way. Uh, Alfie Davis. Wanless is six one. It doesn't have his. Yeah. Height. it doesn't have his height on there on the on sure dog. Um, yeah, I think he's five eight. No way. Okay, anyways. but okay. But regardless, we'll go, we'll go with it. He's not six one. <laughs> so Wanless no, is six one. But long, he, but lanky, what, strong. He can, he can kick a guy that's six foot five in the head. Probably. Yeah. He's that. Dude, Alfie Davis can fight in the stand-up. No, he can't. He's, he's got an axe kick that 
almost reminds you of Andy who, but the fact that he is so small, <laughs> the fact, sorry, the fact that he is so small, how is he going to get in past Wallace's legs and his reach and his range, all those things. Wallace is not that he's, he's pretty good on the ground as well. So to me, yeah. that's going to make for a fun. I'm just excited yeah, to see what, uh, the two of those. I, I say if, Wanless is going to win. It's going to be because he takes Alfie down. He's not going to. He's not going to beat him in the standup. Not going to beat him in the standup. He'd beat him on the ground. That's where he would get the win. Alfie Davis. This thing stays on the feet. I will bet you whatever you want. A plate of nachos. Whatever baby. I want. <laughs> We'll see if for, it stays on the feet, Alfie Davis is the winner. Alfie just doesn't have the output that I would like to see. Like with MVP, he's got output. You know, uh, Raymond Daniels, there's output. Alfie Davis doesn't have that output. So the fights, the fights are 5 a lot 11, closer. Thank you very much. The fights end up being, yeah, oh. people lie about their height all the time. <laughs> I know you do. He is not 5'11". <laughs> there is no way. He is 5'11". He's 5'11". I told you. Yeah, he's awesome. That, that whoever put those up is a lie. He's not 5'11". <laughs> That's Bellator's website. He's maybe five nine. He might be. Oh, five, so Bellator's lying. Way yeah, to they go. Are. They, they, that's that's a <laughs> lie. That's a lie. They get the doctor reports is what they get it from, though. <laughs> um, I mean that that makes for a fun fight. What's up? What's some other fights on this card? Just some fights for you guys to watch out for. If you guys are gonna watch, uh, yeah, uh, Kalpanen versus Will Flurry should be fun, entertaining. Should be, it should be entertaining, I should say. Will Flurry needs to take that to the ground yeah. too. Yes, he does. If he but he'll, he'll, he, knowing Will, he'll stand and try to. Yeah, he's got to get it there. He's got to get it there first. But, you know, I really like Aiden Lee. Um, I I called. I know him, you did. You were very high on him. I am very high on him. He's Super long, athletic. lanky, one hundred forty-five pounds. He's probably what? Look up Aiden Lee. What is he? Six foot, six one. He's tall, long, lanky, very good shape. Uh, had a good fight with uh, Saul Rogers. Uh, couldn't stop Saul's takedowns, but they had some good exchanges. It was a fun fight for me to call. It was one of my first fights I ever called of them. I think it was in Newcastle, off of Bellator. Young kid. I mean, just he's just he's fun to watch. I I think he's he is one of our our younger stars. That I think they can end up being a future talent. I think uh, he's with a good camp. He trains with uh, Fabian and those guys. So I mean, I'm interested to see how he does. Petley's good. I don't know if he's got what it takes to get through Aiden Lee's uh, striking, like the length, the reach, the speed, the aggressiveness of Aiden Lee. Oof, it's good. It's good. So it should be, I think that that fight should be fun for you guys to watch also. Uh, what else? What other fights are on that card? Oh, that might be it for that card as far as like the ones that I would be out to mention. Franz Malambo is always fun to watch because he, he picks and chooses his shots. He was, he was putting it on, uh, on uh Ricky Medejas and then he Ricky he caught Ricky's kick and Ricky hit him with two three shots and dropped him face down ass up and I was like oh shit <laughs> but it was an exciting it was a good fight up until then too but good stuff what's the next card pull up the next, next card. card yeah the next card Bellator's next got card. a couple cards oh it they would got be four fights in Europe Bellator 247 oh come on dude there's because there's two anybody. European series, and then there is yep. 247, and then 248, which is Paris. Mm-hmm. Paris, France. There they Paris, are. It's 247, Daly Anderson. And yeah, Daly Anderson, huh? They're all in the line. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Dude, I'll tell you what. Derek Anderson is a tough SOB. That is a California surfer that can fight. <laughs> and so... 
obviously Paul Daly can put somebody out with one mm-hmm. punch. He's got a just I love his left hook. The way he throws it, the way he pivots on it. It's just beautiful. It's art when he does it. But Derek Anderson will has proven that he'll stand and bang with anybody and you know he's had a you know he had two fights against uh, Pitbull mm-hmm. Patricky. Mm-hmm. And in both of them, they stood there and banged, and he won both of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, he'll stand and bang with anybody. He's got actually a good ground game. He won't go to it very often, but <laughs> he can. So I think it's a good matchup. I think it goes to the three round. I think it's a three round fight, and I think it actually goes to. When I first signed with Bellator, I was like, this guy, when I was looking at the guys that were in the roster, because at the time he was fighting 155, I was like, this yeah. guy, this guy could be a star. And he's I was good. in my mind. I was not just that he was good, but he's he's a good looking kid. His oh, fighting yeah. style is fun to watch, and he's very marketable. Yeah, because it's not that smart. Yeah, but you're right. <laughs> but Sometimes you look and you go, "What are you doing?" The problem is though, is that he's not active enough. Yeah, that's his that issue. Is. His issue is yep. that he's not active enough. He, I, I feel like he could have been potentially been the champion, or he could have been a star in in Bellator had he been more active he just continuously gets hurt broken hand broke it whatever it is something's always wrong you know he pulled out of the mvp fight just recently that was one of the fights he pulled out i think they were supposed to fight in uh milan they were supposed to be fighting on that card and he pulled out yep and so um that sucked because that was one of those fights i was really excited to see that's why i'm surprised they didn't put him against mvp instead of putting him against paul daly like they were already scheduled to fight like i would have thought they would have put him in there against mvp again because People want all these questions answered. And Derek Anderson could be the one to answer those questions if he was to fight MVP. Everyone's like, oh, MVP's fighting cans and this and that. I'm like, no, he's fighting guys that are good. But he's just making them look like cans. Yes. You know? That's um, the, the guy he's fighting coming up. You know, people are not going to know who Ross Houston is. But Ross yeah, Houston is a good. stud. He's good. He's really good. You know, he's Cage Warriors champion in England. <laughs> he's undefeated. He is his stand-up is really good, but see, his stand-up is very conventional, and he's gonna have he's gonna he's gonna think that he's gonna be able to go in there and touch MVP and march him down, and he's gonna get in there and he's gonna find out I can't every time I ex- every time I extend on this guy, I'm getting hit and I'm missing, mm-hmm. and you know, that's the same thing that most people are finding out when they fight MVP. So yeah. Uh, I almost wish that they didn't put Ross Houston against him because he's really good. Yeah. And I think he's he's a, he's a fun fighter to watch. And then people are going to say, oh, he's not that good. But he's really <laughs> he's really good. Can you pull that card up, though, the Daly Anderson fight? Let's see who else is on that card. I have the list at home now. This one's, are you guys going to be? No, you guys aren't going to. No, no. He's going to call. You're going to call him from Nashville, correct? Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> short uh, drive. Who else? That's all they have. Oh, that's oh, all they have right now. Oh, uh, well, they got Denise Kielholz against Kate Jackson. Yeah, that's a fun. Should be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Denise is getting better on the ground too. Yeah, but she's definitely not good enough on the ground to stay with Kate. No, she's not. She it it hits the ground. That's not a good thing. No, for Denise. Um, cool. The other card, the Cal Which? Eleanor and James Gallagher fight. Okay, that that is this is what the fourth time, fourth time that that fight has been booked. Fucking crazy! It's yeah, it's crazy. Cal Eleanor's good. 
He's good, yeah. and his body style is, I think, is what's going to give him a hard time. He yep. is big. And he he's is a good big on the ground, guy. dude. He's good on the he's ground. He's six foot. Why are we strong? 135 pounds, he's six foot tall. It's crazy, man. Now, you're going to say he's 5'8", but he's actually six foot. No, no, he's six foot. <laughs> I've stood next to him a couple of times. He's, uh, yeah, he reminds me a lot of Dave, Like, but Dave's skinny fat. This guy's skinny ripped. Um, yeah. he's, He looks good, though. He's He's got a, I think he's got a good chance of beating Gallagher. He's got a really oh, I think he's got a chance. very good chance. You know, he's physically strong. He fought Nathan Grayson when I fought, when I called this fight. That was the last time he fought was in uh, Newcastle, I think. That was his last fight. Yeah, Nathan Grayson, 2019. Yeah. You know, so we're coming up, I mean, on the, at the end of 2020 here. So, I mean, he's good. He's long, lanky, strong. Nathan Grayson was really athletic, just didn't know much on the ground. He just took him apart. Physically, we get to finish quickly. Um He's gonna have a little bit harder time getting the finish on on James, but I mean, he could stand a little bit with James as well. I wouldn't recommend it, but I think on the ground, he's. I think he's definitely. If he, especially if he gets on top, James has got his hands full. Yeah, if I think style wise, if you go back and you look, mm -hmm. you know, the guy that gave Gallagher his one loss was this tall kid from Jersey named yeah. <laughs> Van Dejas, and that length gave. Gallagher problems. Yeah, but now, Cal doesn't have that kind of stand-up. That I, I agree with you. He doesn't have the same repertoire no. as Van Dejas. But you know, there was you know, when you see a weakness and you see something that someone has a problem with, sometimes you can uh, utilize that blueprint and make it happen again. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think on the ground they're actually they're actually pretty even. I think they both have really good jujitsu for MMA. They're not real, you know type fighters but Gallagher's ground game is solid it's good but I'm going to give it to Cal given the body size this the I think probably the physical strength I'll give it to Cal this I think the strength will be a factor as well like I feel like Cal Eleanor is he's in that prime position where Gallagher is not he's still young he's still he's, he's 23 years old yeah, he's not in that twenty six or 28, 28, 20, you know, twenty nine age. How old is Gallagher? Do we see here? He's no, twenty. No, Gallagher's twenty three. Not Gallagher. Sorry, Cal Eleanor doesn't show. It's all right, Dave. I got it. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean you got it? Should be fun. Should be a good fight. That me should be a good yeah. fight. What's the rest of the card? Uh, there's only two other. Fights. There's only the two other fights. Oh, the Denise uh, Kilholtz. Uh, the one that was pulled out. No, that was Carlo uh, Pedros. You got Charlie Ward Charlie against. Ward. Uh, Andy Manzolo, Manzolo. Andy Manzolo's got a really good ground game. He's a good submission fighter. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Ward's is just a crazy uh, street brawl, and he's going to stand and bang with you. But he's smart enough now to, uh, I think he'd be able to uh, survive on the ground. You know, he's, he doesn't extend things the way he used to and put yeah. his hands to the ground and stuff. So it's going to be a tough fight for Andy. But he's got big Charlie's, power. Charlie's, Charlie's got, got power. power. Big power. What about what, your 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 man, your boy? This one. Come on, I, knew, I knew I knew it was coming. Come on, baby. I Come on, yeah. You talk just, about it. You're here to stir the pot. <laughs> Go on to the UFC, Michael <laughs> Iron Chandler. Oh man. And in a position where if someone falls out, I hope they don't fall out. But if they do, Justin Gaethje or Khabib are replaced by Michael Chandler craziness dude 
Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he's. I'm, he's, I'm he's, super happy for he him. Got, he got a contract that he wanted. It sounds like, um, but I, you know, I, I got to go right into the Patricio tweet. How are, uh, <laughs> how are you going to say that Bellator fighters suck and then put the guy as a backup to the main event for your title? I mean, I get you. I get it too. Like you're leaving an organization that you know you were potentially going to probably fight for the title next, but now you're going to another organization where you're going to you're on hold for the title as well. But then, what happens if neither one of those guys pulls out? Which I don't. I don't. Doesn't seem like they will. If no, they don't, I, then I, then I, where I, do you go? Then where do you go to that? You fight Tony Ferguson. Well, Tony Ferguson doesn't want that fight. I was like, why? Tony, would I Tony doesn't want that fight. So Tony doesn't want it. Dustin Poirier apparently turned it down out of loyalty to Tony Ferguson. So now we're here with two guys that are in the top three and four that don't want to fight him. Okay. What do you do? Now what? Now now you're fighting guys that can you pull up the lightweight division for UFC? We had this conversation. I think he he can win. He can win quite a few of the fights. There are some yes. guys that are bad matchups for him. You know, yes. but there's not a lot of them. There's only like maybe See, I think Tony's a bad matchup for him. You don't think so. You think that Tony's no, I, a good matchup for not him. At this point. Okay. Not I think Tony's point. a bad matchup for him. Okay. I think stylistically in a in a especially because it'll be a main event if Tony and him were to fight it probably would be a main event in a five round fight I would give it to Tony all day. That's a top ten. Yeah. So um, this is the top ten. Kevin Lee, I think he beats Kevin Lee. I think he beats Ali Quinta. I think he beats. I don't know. Uh, Kevin Lee had all kinds of comments about that's it. That's what you were saying. <laughs> that's what you were saying. Uh, Kevin Lee's not even in in the equation because he's. He's out with me. Yeah. So, so Paul Felder, I think makes for a fun fight. I think, I think, I think uh, Chandler beats that, him. That's not a fight Paul wins. Yeah. Charles Oliveira, I think he has the potential of submitting him at some point in some exchanges, but really, I think, Na uh, just do me a favor. Name me the guy that submitted Michael Chandler. I'm not saying that, but there's always going to be name one. Me, name there me could the be guy. One. There could always be one. There's always, okay. There's has, never has one he, until there's has, the first. Okay. Hold on. Has he fought guys that are as good on the ground? As Oliveira. I don't know. Has he? Name oh, one. yeah. Name Dude, one. Marcin Held had him in a yeah, fucking knee bar that I true. watched his knee going backwards. Yeah, that's and true. Marcin Held's good. But is he as the, good as Oliveira? Well, uh, there is are he, other guys. Is I, he as good as Oliveira? Yamauchi is. Yamauchi On is. the ground? Yes. Come on, dude. Yeah, I think I think Yamuchi is. Yeah, but okay. but 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 let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna play. I'm only playing devil's advocate here. Okay. I'm yeah, not, yeah. I'm just simply yeah. saying that Oliveira's jujitsu is the guillotine the 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 stuff that would feed into what Chandler does Yamuchi is not that guy Yamuchi is the bottom guy or he's the back yes. guy whereas yes. Oliveira is he's guillotines he's arming guillotines he's the back he's triangles this is it, I feel like the style of jiu-jitsu matters when you're when you're talking about the top guys and who you fight like Yamuchi having a hard time being able to pull Chandler's head down and get him in that triangle triangle position it's not going to happen Trying here's to get the Chandler's back is probably not going to happen. But guillotines, they're there all day long. Yeah, I, I agree with you in that. But my difference with Oliveira is Oliveira has problems with pressure fighters. Yes. Guys that pressure. What's Michael Chandler going to do? He's going to walk through him. Because yeah. stand-up-wise, Oliveira doesn't have that big power. And, mm -hmm. and look, Michael has fought a lot of guys with power, and he does the same thing every time. He takes abuse. But he walks right through him, and he's going to walk right through what Charles Oliveira does. So, in my opinion, not the best matchup for Charles Oliveira. Yeah. Not a good one. Now, there, you know, Al Iaquinta. I like Al. That's not a good matchup. For 
and he's in the top what eight there one two three he's number nine so number ally quint is okay. not a good matchup for chandler i don't think so really uh, nope why is that because the height wrestling pedigree like that kind of stuff what do you think al does well when he has the ability to be in a position where he can take guys down and they worry about the takedown. Mike's not going to be in, in a position to worry about Ally Quinton's takedowns. Oh, that you're, you're, you're saying Al, that, that it's an easy fight for Michael Chandler's. Al I Quinton. think it's oh. not a good, not a good fight for Al. That's what, okay. Okay. I misunderstood you. I, okay. I thought you were saying it was a good fight for, for Al. I was like, oh, okay. May explain to me. Um, no, I understand now. Perfect. So Paul Felder, uh, Diego Ferreira, uh, Paul Felder, Charles Oliveira, you say no. But we get into Dan Hooker. I don't know if you've seen Dan I'm Hooker. Sure I have. like he's enormous. He's, like, <laughs> he's so <laughs> fucking big. I watched a video yeah. of him sparring with Izzy the other day. I was like, "Good God!" I didn't. Even, I didn't even know it was Dan Hooker until like they. Yeah, he's they, six two. He's fucking big. Yeah, he's six two, man. He's big. Jeez, he's broad shoulder. He looked bigger than Izzy when they were fucking sparring. Well, he's—I think he's wider than Izzy. Jeez, man. But he's got—he's got—he's got bird legs compared to Izzy. Izzy doesn't yeah. actually have bird legs. Yeah. I think guys, guys carry the weight different. From what I've seen from Dan Hooker, I think he's got a good chance of beating him. You think Dan has a chance of beating Mike? Yep, in five rounds, not in three. Okay, not in five three. rounds. Five rounds. Okay, I agree with you. Okay. Five rounds, I'll agree with you. He's got a good, he's got a chance. Three rounds, he's gonna lose the first couple. Yeah, his movement though, his movement, his reach, and if he's able to utilize those kicks, yeah. um, I think uh, we've seen Chandler have problems with guys at leg kicks. The Brent Premise fights, you know, we've seen him have problems with guys that have kicked his legs. He just is not the same fighter after his legs get kicked a couple times. So if you UFC fighters are listening, you guys. <laughs> you tried to give him the just throwing the, it out there. Just give him the idea of how to beat him. Well, it's okay. been proven. I mean, like you know, he has a hard time. I think Chandler, he's explosive. He's got strong legs, but anytime he's taking a calf kick, you know, he's had I, issues. He's had issues with the drop foot. He's also had issues with the fact that he has to switch stances, you know, because a couple of leg kicks and he just is not the same guy. Yeah, but now he's he's been working on that that switch ability to switch. Yeah. Yeah, and actually got his his knockout on Benson mm -hmm. by switching to southpaw. So, yeah, yeah. You know, but Hooker Hooker had uh, well Hooker fought Iaquinta and you know he won a decision, but he controlled the fight completely. So that's a good if you're going to look and say, well, Iaquinta and uh, Chandler are similar in styles mm -hmm. a little bit. Live off of wrestling, try to you know stand up. But Chandler's got a lot more power than Iaquinta. Yeah, he's just. A He's lot, got power. A lot. Yeah. So who who else in that top? You got Tony, you got Dustin. Well, the real I, I think the real the Connor. The whole thing see, I think Connor's a bad fight for him. Because yeah. Connor, as far as accuracy, timing, distance control, and the ability to be accurate with his shots. Tony takes damage. I mean, uh Chandler takes damage. Yeah. And he wears those shots, but he can only wear them for so long. And in my opinion, that might not be the best fight for him. But you know, he's got a chance. I look at it this way: when you, if if you looked at, unfortunately for either Khabib or Justin Gaethje, yeah. If Khabib falls out, that's going to be a hard thing for Justin Gaethje. Oh yeah. Because he's fighting a completely different guy. Right. If Justin Gaethje 
falls out. I'm not too sure that it's that much different for Khabib. It's not because Khabib's yeah, always yeah. going to fight the same way. Well, he's going to fight the same way, but he's fighting a guy who has got wrestling, a wrestling pedigree. He has good wrestling, but he likes to stand and throw big, big shots and has that, you know, that kind of 100 mile an hour motor going in the beginning of the fight. Justin's kind of that guy and Michael's kind of that guy. So I, as I look at it, if Justin falls out, it's not a big change up for Khabib. But if Khabib falls out, it would be a pretty big changeup for Justin. Justin's got to deal with a bigger change than what Khabib would in facing Chandler. Yeah. I think I think that he has a good chance of beating Justin. So do I. I think he's got I think he has a, I think there is a chance of him beating Khabib, but I don't Well, there, there's a chance there's of anybody chance. beating somebody. That's it's yeah. it's gonna be a hard one though. It's gonna be a very hard one. And I'm not trying to be a homer, even though I, I normally am um but could i think Khabib would have a hard time taking him down because he is shorter he's squattier he's he's got good wrestling he's got a good wrestling pedigree he's got a strong he, core he's got a strong core yeah he's got the ability to uh continue like he's he's good at wrestling he's good at transitional wrestling so he doesn't get one and thing he goes to the next thing he never stops in the scramble no he doesn't no he doesn't so that's a huge difference maker right there but because like, he's not trying to, he's not trying to land punches during the scramble Similar to like what Connor did when Khabib tried to take him down in that first round, mm -hmm. where where Connor made the mistake was he stopped wrestling at times to try to throw strikes. That led to him being ultimately put on his back. Yeah, Michael's not that guy. Michael's not going to sit there and try to throw shots. He's going to continue in the scramble till he comes up on top or is out. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I think he's got Chandler's got a good chance of. I think the Dan Hooker fight's hard for him. Conor McGregor fight is hard for him. People don't give Conor enough credit on how good his takedown defense is. You know, and even if he does get taken down, he's not someone that just lets you pass the guards, not someone that just lets you keep doing it. Like, he's good at getting back to his feet. But it's there hard. is one thing about that. Uh, <laughs> They're both very similar. Conor runs out of gas fast. Yes, that is true. He, deg <laughs> he degrades in the fight. Michael does. So. Too. So yeah, does Mike. Michael does too. Uh, I think what'll be the factor though is that Connor's got one hell of a toe kick. Like his push kick, toe kick to the mid the midsection, that starts wearing on you even faster. Then you you start second guessing whether you should throw your right hand or not because the toe kick comes in. That's what Connor does very good. You go back and watch Chad Mendes fight. He had a lot of success with that. That's what slowed Chad down a lot faster because of that toe kick, that body kick, those head like those type of things, and staying long and reachy. They're gonna work, and Connor's got some power. I don't think Connor would ever take the fight. He's just like, why? There's no point, you know. If it's not for a title, <laughs> I'm not fighting this guy, you know. And it's a dangerous fight for no reason. Um, Tony Ferguson, I think Tony in a five round fight can beat him. Uh, Dustin Poirier, I think it's a real bad matchup for Dustin. I think the whole fight, and I love Dustin. I think uh, it's just a hard fight for him. Hard fight yeah. for him all the way around. And I, I. The difference, and people are like, oh, what about Dan Hooker? You said Dan Hooker. Yeah, Dan Hooker is long, moves a lot. Ju Dustin walks straight in. Straight in. And and throws punches, and he will get taken down if Chandler wants to take him down. Dan will probably get taken down as well. But Dustin will, or Dan will move around. Dan Hooker will move around, stick and move, stick and move. It'll be harder, I think, for, for Chandler to get in on the takedown. And on the feet, they just... 
the way that Chandler slows down in the third and the fourth, if you're putting pressure on him and you're making him fight, you're getting the exchanges. I'm not saying he can't fight his way out of it because he's been proven to do that before in the past. But he he does slow down so much that Dan Hooker had showed in his last fight that he will not slow down. Dustin Poirier, he will do the same thing. He'll, he'll continue to go forward as well. But Dustin will walk forward right into big shots. And that could change the outcome of the thing. Whereas Dan Hooker is not going to walk straight forward right into the big shots. So that's what to me is the difference. There's little tiny subtle differences between the two and stylistically and how they match up. Dustin will walk into the fire. Dan will create the fire. He'll move around and try to spark the fire and see what happens and let the fight, you know, develop in front of him. That's what the difference is between the two. You know, does Dustin have a chance to beat him? Fuck yeah. Like we said, every fight oh, yeah. has a chance to beat each other. Um, you know, I would favor Dustin more the longer the fight goes if it was a five round fight, which it should be if it's on if it's a main event. Well, you know, but one of the things that you can't Chandler's been in a lot of five round fights, so he's made it every time. Yeah. Okay, and he had you know the, the second fight with Eddie Alvarez was fast paced throughout. He made it, but he lost he's that last round, which lost him the fight. He's also younger. Yeah, he, he was younger, but you know he he has gone that distance, so it's not like he can't. Because there are guys you look and you go, he can't make that distance. Yeah, Chandler can definitely make the distance, but you know, it just styles make fights. And that's why it's fun to watch. And I think it's going to be fun. You know, I put out a tweet saying, "Hey, man, congratulations on your contract. And best of luck to you, and I hope you're just as successful over there as you were in Bellator." And you know, congratulations to the UFC for signing him because it was a smart was. signing that only helps their lightweight division in bringing in a stud guy who now you've got a lot of different matchups that you can make that opens things up for you. Yeah. I'm going to go to the Patricio comment again. Is that, <laughs> well, everyone's like, Oh, like they're talking about the fight and terms of like how these guys would match up in, in the UFC. And I said like, you guys got to understand how good Patricio is and people don't get it. They just, Oh, you'll get killed by Khabib. He's not a 55 pounder. He fucking, he's, I don't know how tall he is, but Patricio's well, what? A 50, he's five, a 55 seven. pounder. Cause he, he's, he took the championship. Yeah. He took the championship, but I'm saying that in terms of a can he doesn't fight at 55. He did it because he wanted to, he wanted to knock out Chandler because of, you know, the disrespect he showed towards his family and stuff, which he did. He went out there and knocked him out. So when they I don't were, know if it was disrespect towards his family. He, like he fought his brother twice. Yeah, but there was a lot of comments that he had made about well, his. Well, there's comments on both I sides. I come it. on, man. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> saying there's not. You I'm can not. sit there and take it personally, but nah, come on. No, no, but the the, the Pitbull brothers they take it personally. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Um, but like once once he lost to Patricio and you lost to 145 pound the 145 pound champ. I think at yeah. Bellator, it was they were wise not to resign. Kind of stuck. Yeah, there was they were wise not to resign him. It was smart for them not to resign him. Like, hey, we you lost to a guy that we consider the goat, basically Lima and him. I think are the goat guys in, in Bellator. The and they've been around the longest, you know. Now that Chandler has left, um, and they've had the most success. You know, Patricio's got the most wins, I think, and the most knockouts. I think is what he has. Yeah, um, well, when he when he fought Chandler. Both of them had the same amount of wins in Bellator and the same amount of knockouts. Yeah. So when he won and got a knockout, guess who took both of them? Yes, <laughs> Patricio. And there so, yeah, so when we're having this conversation, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, he would lose to Khabib. He wouldn't even want to fight Khabib. He'd want to, if he ever did go to the UFC, he'd want to fight at 145. No, it's, he would want to fight Max Holloway. He'd yeah. really want to fight uh, Jose Aldo. That yeah. was, 
he's always had this thing, you know, because he's Brazilian mm -hmm. and because, you know, Aldo is from Brazil that, Hey, I want to prove that I'm the best Brazilian there is at yeah. the 145 pound weight class. But, you know, now Aldo has been fighting at 135. You know, it's, I think, that would be the fight that uh, Patricio would want the most. What does that say, though, that the the Dana was willing to go ahead and put Chandler in for the alternate in the title shot? What does that say? What does that tell does you? He, what should it tell yeah. fans or people that are listening wow. to this or anyone? What, is, what should it tell fans? That, well, oh, he is, the, the Bellator guys are that good? Or just, uh, there are other fighters outside the organization of the UFC. Just, I'm, just, I'm asking. It, 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 well, it all comes down to this. It's no different than, you know, Kazmat Chimaev. Where was he three fights ago? Yeah. He was outside the UFC fighting. And these are the guys that we see all the time. And we go, yeah, that, that guy's good. That guy can compete with anybody uh, in any promotion. Now, can he fight against the world champion at this moment? Eh, maybe not, but he just needs a little bit of time, a yeah. little bit of seasoning and experience to get him to that level and you see that and look chandler people say what they want chandler has been an outstanding fighter for a lot of years he's a huge signing for the ufc that's a, a big feather in their cap to get him and you know dana is smart enough to go okay i really don't you know want to put him against my uh one of my champions right now but hey, I've got Poirier and Ferguson, and I've got some contract problems. I just signed him. This guy will fight right now for what I just signed him for. Screw it. I've got a backup. I'm going to do it. Now, could it bite him in the ass? It could. It really could. It could absolutely. How so? Because as if you took and take one of the two, either Khabib out or, you know, especially if you uh, took Justin out and Chandler was able to get a win against Khabib. What, is, what does that say? Yeah. What does it say? And, and here's your biggest problem, and this is the one problem that Dana didn't think about, is if he got that win, and I'm not saying he's, he's going to, but if he got it, we'll just say figuratively, then your 155-pound champion was beaten by the 145-pound champion of the other promotion. <laughs> That's what Pitbull is saying. That's what Patricio is trying to say all the time here now. Yeah. So, I mean, are they taking a chance? Yeah, you could look. But, I mean, truthfully. I like that he's like, doing that, though. People, yeah, people are, people are going to always say that UFC is the, is the number one, and they are. I'm the, I'm the first one to sit here and say they're the number one promotion out there. Okay, they, they are. They're the biggest promotion out there. They put on more fights. They have more fighters. I'll, I'll say all the stuff that's true, but I'm not going to sit there and say they have all the best fighters. No, they don't. No, they don't. Okay, that's just not true. I know it's not true, and I don't say it, you know, because I work for Bellator. I say it because I, I saw fighters from all over the world, you know, especially when I was, you know, officiating. And trust me, there are guys out there that I know still, and I'm trying to get Bellator to sign some of them. That these guys don't bring, can don't bring up their names, anybody. don't ruin our stuff. We're trying did, to get these uh, guys. I did not do that, <laughs> you know. But it's these guys are out there, and they can, you know, they're the same as, you know, Kazmat Chimaev. Mm -hmm. They're out there, and hey, they can fight with anybody, you know. And so 
if if a fan has a preference in a promotion and they say, I just like watching the UFC. Congratulations. You just like watching the UFC. Yeah. Great. Okay, if that's that's all you want to watch, no problem. Yeah. But there is a world of MMA out there that you are absolutely crazy for not watching because it's incredible. The UFC's got great fights. Sometimes they've got bad fights. Bellator's got great fights. Sometimes they've got bad fights. But all of these promotions out there, some of these fights that these guys are putting on, holy shit, they're freaking phenomenal. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited. Hopefully, hopefully, I mean, I don't want one of them to pull out, but it would be no, cool. No, I don't. But I, I kind of cool do, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Good stuff. I mean, I think yep. I think him and uh, Gaethje would be an amazing fight if Khabib pulled out. I think him and the Khabib fight uh, would be good, but I don't think it'd be as good as the Gaethje and Chandler fight. Okay, okay let me ask you this. Because Kevin Lee came out with some statements that were kind of... You know, he, he made the statement of he felt that Dana was doing it to screw with Bellator. I don't think you can screw with Bellator. No. Their 145-pound champion beat him. Yeah. There's no way you can really screw with him. But he he did talk about how good Chandler is. And you take a look at everything that he said, and then he said that uh, the signing of him kind of says, you know, it, it kind of says, that, you know, that the, you know, there, there's some semblance of there's, you know, Bellator's got some good fighters. He goes, because my brother fights over there. He goes, but it doesn't have the same lights. It's a different atmosphere, and he feels that Chandler will be overcome by the pressure of fighting in the UFC under those lights. Do you think that there's going to be that difference? I think that Chandler may be overcome by the pressure of having his first fight in the UFC if it was for a title like this potentially may have, and that goes for any fighter. We look, we just saw Liz Carmouche and Kat Zagano fight, and they didn't have their best performances. And that's been known to happen to these fighters. And that but happened. they hadn't fought in a long time. Yeah, okay. But you can go ahead and say the same. Look at Quentin Jackson when he went over to the UFC, right? He fought Marvin Eastman. He didn't have a great performance. It wasn't That fight was not the best performance, the best Quentin Jackson we had seen. You know, like guys, when they come in and girls, when they come into other organizations, their first fights in those organizations, there's so much, there's nerves. There's just all this anticipation. There's like I, have, I talked about sure. with those fighters last week. The, the new contracts, all the new fans, all the new people, like the people that you're dealing with in the organization, they're all new faces to you. And you know, like when you walk past them, they're like, they they already know, oh, that guy, he just signed. He's our new guy. And there's already that pressure of like, fuck, these guys are all looking at me like he's the new guy on the block. There's you are that the pressure. New guy. You are the new guy. And that's the <laughs> pressure. Do I think that he'll be able to handle the lights? Yeah. Once the fight starts, I, I think he will be able to. But his first fight under those lights is going to be a little bit more difficult. Making your first fight in any organization is going to be hard. And if he has to do it for the UFC title in Dubai against Khabib or against Justin Gaethje, who's a pressure fighter, ugh, that makes it way harder. It makes but it don't way you harder. Think, but don't you think it actually makes it so much easier because it is in Abu Dhabi on Yaz Island, but there's no crowd. No crowd. Yeah. Kind of makes it easier. There's not really a big crowd in Dubai, anyways, right? When they have shows out there. Yeah, they put up a ten thousand seat, yeah, eleven thousand seat arena. So, eh, I mean, it's not like they're selling tickets. Those are yeah. you are coming, you are not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, 
the light the, the lights are no different just it's the matter of, like for me i feel like they're just his, lights it's his first fight in it's the, just the cage it's his first fight it's, in a new promotion that's the hardest part yeah. of it. it's a new promotion it has nothing to do with oh it's the ufc it has to do with any organization you go to a new promotion is like oh shit this is new everything is new the people that you know people talked about when they left when they went from the ufc to somewhere else they would say oh man i miss like bert would yell to us we rolling, right? That was just a thing that was a tradition that people got used to. Bert Watson. Yeah, so giving a shout out to boy, our boy Bert. But like, you know what I mean? Like it just, the things are different. You got to develop your home. You got to make it feel like home again and you get comfortable with it. That first fight's always the hardest, you know? <laughs> and uh, I think he'll handle it like a, you know, like a champ. Uh, but I also think it was also a good thing for Bellator to let him go for the amount of money he wanted. Um Knowing that you lost to the the 145 pound champ and you got finished, you know, in the first round, I think uh, I think it was good. There was no reason for them to keep him anymore. That, that's the bottom line. You're 34 years old. You've had wars. Well, a it's, lot of people are going to look and say that you know what? It's never good to lose a good fighter. That's true. But so now here's the question: Did Bellator let him go? No, they didn't let him go. Well, nope. They did not let him go. I would say no, they didn't they didn't cut him. But they didn't That's letting somebody go. But they didn't match. They didn't match it, which yeah. means that the UFC felt that they had to pay more to keep him. They had to, to pay him. more to get him, yep. which that's what Mike wanted. And so hopefully he got what he wanted. I hope so. But it's not like Bellator let him go because they would have kept him for a certain price. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was the same deal that went with Phil Davis, went with myself, yep, went with Leota yep. Machida, went with sure. uh, whoever else came yeah. over. Absolutely. Yeah, I know these things. Yeah, just making a point. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <coughs> Anyways, don't, I have so much I want to say. But don't cry, Josh. <laughs> I know I have so much I want to say. I'm excited though. I'm excited to see what happens for him and uh, what the future holds. He's 34 years old. Kind of towards the end of his career, I think he's got. I think he's got a couple more years left in him. Got a couple more years. Two good years. But he, thirty-six. He has to remain busy. Yeah. He really has to say, "Hey, man, I, I want to fight. I want to, you know, however many fights are on the contract. I don't know, but if it's six fights, because I would think that for with him, they probably did somewhere around a six-fight contract in the beginning. Maybe eight. Yeah, maybe. But get those six fights done within the within the two years. If I was him, I would have tried to do some sort of deal like Gil Melendez did with the no cut clause. <laughs> Just being well, smart. Well, where on. are you going to go? Where are you going to go? But you, you have to remember who was going to sign Gilbert Melendez. Bellator. No. And they'd, yes. They kind of talked about it, but then. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh you, you mean when, when he signed really that deal? Wrong. When he signed, yeah. when he signed the first when deal. When he signed, the, signed with the UFC because he had. The UFC picked up his yes. his contract from Strike Force. Yes, and then Gilbert went to Bellator, and Bellator offered him a contract, and he had to bring that to be matched. Yep, by the UFC, and on that was a no cut contract. That's how he got that. Yeah, good for Gilbert. Well played. I well why, played. I wonder why more fighters don't do that. I don't know. Probably because they think that they're never going to get cut. Not very bright. You're uh, always thinking about being positive. All right, good. Real good. All right, my man, uh-huh. my man. Uh, let's. You know what? I want to do one list. One last quick breakdown. 
Israel Adesanya and Paul Acosta. Oh. And we got to talk uh, about uh, Dominic Reyes and Jan uh, Blahovich. Okay. Blachowicz. I like I like the uh, the Paul Acosta versus Israel matchup, mm-hmm. but I do think it is the proverbial Matador versus the Bull. Not that Paulo Costa is not uh, very technically good, super strong, hits hard, but it's the angles that Adesanya creates. Mm-hmm. It's the same angles that he created when he was in kickboxing, when I was working with him. He understands how to make you think that you're going to be able to land something and extend, and he, he just turns off and he lands just a little shot. He doesn't try to hit you hard. He just makes you understand, oh, you missed, I hit you. And it's those little shots that I see being the difference in this fight. Obviously, Paulo can knock anybody out. You know, he's got that kind of power. I just don't think that he actually has the stand-up vacuum that Israel Adesanya can he get Izzy Honestly, down? I don't think he's going to try. I really don't. He's not going to try to get him down, which is going to allow Israel to be even more effective because it's when Israel is worried about someone taking him down that he changes his stance. He doesn't do the same kicks. But how many people have you seen Paulo Costa try to take down? He took you a while down, though. <laughs> I'm just saying he took he you punched you all down. He thought he took him down in the second no, round. He punched him down. Oh, I thought he took him down. I thought there was one exchange. <coughs> I thought there was one exchange where he was able to I think Yoel took him down. He scrambled back up to his feet on the single leg and then took Yoel down. It was in that first maybe the first round exchange. That's not a, him trying to take uh, down. whatever he ended up getting <laughs> the takedown and he ended up on top. I don't know. I just look at it. This is to me, this is you know, the the bull always looks and, and thinks the matador is going to be easy yeah you know, all i have to do is run him over problem is actually running him over you know? and i i really think this is the difference of the the bull and matador i see adesanya slowly and systematically hitting paulo with shot after shot that starts to slow him down and then you know five rounds you don't have to win all the rounds you don't have to win all the minutes that's a lot of muscle that he's carrying and yeah. muscle takes oxygen. So I just look at it. To me, in the end, I think that Adesanya goes to 20 and 0. Yeah, no, I would probably, I kind of agree. My only concern is with Izzy is when you take guys that are top level kickboxers and they're used to when guys barrage them with punches in with with kickboxing gloves on, which are, you know, what, 10 ounces, I think, is when they're fighting. 12 ounces. Yeah, 12 ounces. Um, they're wearing 12-ounce gloves. Well, for well, my depends weight, on weight. 10, yeah, 10. So for me, it would be 10-ounce gloves. Um, they would wear 10-ounce gloves. There's a lot more padding to cover up things. Paul Acosta, like, just fights recklessly and just throws a lot of punches. And, you know, like you say, he tires himself out, a lot of elbows in the clinch. A lot of looping punches. A lot of looping punches. But he's a gritty dog of a fighter you know what i mean like oh yeah he gets against the cage when you take someone who is as much of a technician as izzy is they sometimes um they don't know how to handle guys that are just like the 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 gym brawlers they have a harder time with some of those guys 
because the, their punches are coming from angles they're not used to. It's like you're taking a really good stand-up guy and they're used to fighting other good stand-up guys or working with good stand-up guys. You take someone who's not, he's good, but he's more of a brawler type that comes in, is aggressive and he's fast and he's explosive. He's got fucking big power, which Paul Costa has. It only takes one of those things to slip through and the fight can end. Yeah. And that's like when you're, you're not used to, you're, you're used to dealing with people that are like, okay, you go, I go, or, you know, like, you know, good technique, good, good technicians. And okay. I, this most commonly viewed like techniques is what you guys would both be working from. But with Paul Costa, it's not going to come from the right angles. The things he's going to do are not going to come from the things that Izzy's used to seeing them come from. So I think there is a chance that obviously we've talked about, there's always a chance. I get it. I get it. But I think in this scenario, I think in this scenario, I think Paul Costa's chances are a little bit higher. I'm going to give him, I would say, I would still give it 70-30 to Izzy. Okay. 70-30. I would say that's about right. I would give it 70-30 to Izzy. But I just, I wonder if he if he fights so carelessly and just he's able to sneak something through, it could be over. It could be over fast. You know, I think I think Izzy, for him to win, he's got to fight a... a a slower version, a long distance, a long fight. distance fight. He's got to slow it down. I don't know if yep. he can slow that pace down for the first two rounds without getting clipped and dropped and suffering some sort of damage that maybe changes the outcome of the rest of the fight. You know what I mean? So and how he approaches the fight. So there's, there's a lot to be had, a lot to be said about this fight that coming up, like just let your mind wander of all the shit that could happen in this fight. It's, it's I'm excited for this. I think everyone's excited for this fight. The other fight too is uh Dominic Reyes and, uh yawn i want to say peter yawn every time but yawn <laughs> yawn is it blahovich or blahovich blakowitz blahovich blahovich i've heard some of their commentators call him blakowitz and i've heard him say blahovich. really blakowitz yeah i don't know why blahovich yeah okay so let's see here you think dom i do didn't didn't yan beat him already yeah yan beat John, oh no, no, he didn't beat him. He's only got one loss. Reyes only got his one only loss is to freaking John Jones. Yeah. Did they fight already? And that wasn't a loss. Did they fight already? No, no they haven't. No. Okay, I thought they had fought already. Maybe I was thinking of someone else. All right, so yeah, I mean, this gonna be the both of the guys are mountain of men. One's only six two though. The other one's six four. Um, power. Who do you give it to? Man, I think I honestly think they're both about the same. I think Blahovich is the guy, if you're going to look and say, who's the stronger guy, you, you, maybe he, he can lift more weight. But Dom Reyes, is he's a lot stronger than people realize. Mm. He's got long levers, and when he holds on to something, everything. John Jones found out Dom Reyes is a lot stronger than people realize. Yeah, you know, Just like I think John, you know, for a long time, people were finding out hey this guy's a lot stronger than you think he looks skinny he's not he's not weak uh i think blahovich when you look at the way he fights he's a straight ahead fighter and for most of his career he's been a straight ahead fighter he had he had problems with uh iago santos um he got beaten that fight uh, he had problems when he fought Patrick Cummings, I know, because Patrick took him down continuously and just mm -hmm. mauled him. You know, Reyes is not going to be that guy. Reyes is going to be the guy that's going to try to pick him apart. Mm -hmm. And the big difference that I see with it is Dom Reyes' footwork makes him laterally move out a lot. He, he tends to 
slide himself out. He comes in, throws his shots, and laterally he'll loop out and reset. Where Blahovich goes more in a straight line. I think, you know, Luke Rockhold was doing well for a while in the beginning of the fight with Blahovich because of it and then got careless. You know, so if Dom Reyes gets careless, you know, Blahovich's got the power he can put anybody out. But I, as I see this fight, I just see that, in my opinion, Dom Reyes is going to, as the fight goes on, you're going to see more and more damage slowing Yon down and him not being able to keep up with the output that Dom Reyes is able to, to put yeah. out there. I think if it's in boxing range, I would give it probably more, lean more towards Yon. Yeah, if it stays boxing in range. That, if it stays in that kicking range or in the clinch range, I'll give it to Dom. So there's kind two of ranges yes. for yeah. Dom and one for Yon. But I agree with you. Yeah. I Look at Yon uses... He, he he kicks every now and then, but he uses a more Eastern European boxing style. Yeah, that's his way of fighting the stand-up game. He doesn't really go for takedowns that much. He might, you know, in this fight, he'd be smart to, mm-hmm. you know, get Reyes off his feet. But Reyes is he's not easy to take I down. I can't imagine he is. It's hard. It's so, people don't realize how hard it is to take take down tall guys because you got to lift them a little bit to get them off. Well, that lift sometimes them you can't lift them enough. You can't lift them enough. <laughs> yeah. Their feet are still on the ground. So, yeah. Huh. All right, my man. Well, Hey, who we do have you a, think? I, who do I'm, you think though? You're going with Jan. I want to go with Jan. I like Jan. Okay. I want Jan to do it. I want Jan to get it done. I think, uh, he hasn't got a whole lot of respect. He's also 37 years old. Be a nice little feather in his cap to get it before he, that's a big difference. In, that, that's, that's a big, a big difference, difference in, in the fight. 30 and yep. 37. Like All right, we got a beer on this one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> talked me into it. You just did what I do to Javier Mendez all the time. <laughs> oh, I'm a sucker. All right, guys. Well, hey, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, we will see you guys next week. Please hit the YouTube thumbs up and that subscribes uh, and hit the subscribe button as well. But that shares our videos and you hit the thumbs up to everybody else. We appreciate you guys. Our numbers are growing and we thank you. ProWrestlingTees.com. Okay. Uh, slash Wayne in. Okay. Go there. Use the, the promo code GOAT. That'll get you 20% off any of our shirts that are under the profile there. And uh, take a look at them. We've got a bunch of cool shirts that are there. And uh, take a look and see what you guys think and uh, order one. Take a picture of it and post it on your Instagram or your social media. And we'll repost it for you. And we want to thank you for your support. And uh, John, man, it's been good. And uh, you're calling the Bellator shows this week, right? You have one next uh, week. Next week. Sorry, next week. So we're good. All right, guys. Well, hey, uh, we'll see you guys next week. And podcast, Dave, you got anything to say? Um, No. Thank God. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. And Big John McCarthy, take it easy, and I will see you all later. Later, my brother.